listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. In-house production. And some carrot cake That's all we really need Choking on some sweets But we no smoky weed We eating titties Ho, grab a piece of carrot cake And then we out that fucking dope Titties and some carrot cake That's all we really need Choking on some sweets But we no smoky weed We eating titties Ho, grab a piece of carrot cake And then we out that fucking dope Woke up in the morning to a chick with her titties out She put the motherfuckers in my mouth Then I bust it down Stumbled in the kitchen on the counter There's some carrot cake like oh My god Grab a piece and then I break Rolling through the city eating cake Off up in my ride Pull up to the light And a bad chick gave me the eye She says what's on your face I said ice and hope She whispered choose to find I said bitch don't you think I know Pulled up on that broad She was bad but I don't give no fucks I think she wants my carrot cake I only want to share my nuts Only want to poke her guts Sorry I don't love these nuts If I have to come up off that cake Then I don't want her bro titties and some carrot cake That's all we really need Choking on some sweets But we no smoky I'm high as the wind, so I blow minds. Curb hanger and hopper at the oracle of hipster. Just like Black Caesar, my depths are fresh. Cause you're a fish and I'm a water sign. My laid back pimp walk is linear by design. Go front soul, I shoddy, now watch you shine. Into illusion we drown by fourth sound, smooth enough to break you left. Another pound as my conscience get, get they rest. That's why we shaft it. Includes the pro strips as I shit burning, blowing. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast with your host Rod and Karen. And we're back for another episode on this beautiful Easter day. Yes. Oh, church was so good this morning. It was? Yes, it was so good that we were not able to go to the store because the traffic was so bad. Say that again. They had traffic backed up for miles. I was like, damn it, I'm trying to go to Harris Peter. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> living up the street from two churches. We had yeah, to turn around. churches too, where, the, where they have like police officers do the traffic every Sunday. I was like, damn, y'all got a lot of people that attend this church. You got a high officer. Yeah, man. So we basically, uh, I mean, we didn't go to church, but no. I'm just saying it must have been. <laughs> yeah, it had to be great. <laughs> it must have been off the chain for all the people that went. So props to everybody that made it out there and everything. Um, so basically, if you heard two voices. Um, we normally only have like one guest, to, you know, two guests at the most. Yeah. And this time we have two. Yes. On Easter. Yes. And we have uh, Bossy. Now, Bossy, I, when I hear them pronounce your name, first of all, it's Sounds like Igby, but when I looked you up on Google, it's spelled I K P I, like Igby. Yeah, it is Igby. Okay, so it's Bossy Igby. Igby, yep. 
Alright, I know I'm fucking it up with my southern accent somehow. No, no, you, you actually, I, I liked what you said my first name, right? People call me bossy or bassy or all sorts of things, so you said it perfectly. Well, I, yeah, I, the first time, um, I did say your name, I said Bassy, but it wasn't on this podcast. I, it was somewhere else. And I just remember, like, yeah, man, I was listening to Blacking It Up, and Bassy was, oh, wait a minute. She probably hates that. <laughs> wait a minute, it's Bassy? Yeah, I'll be tearing it up too, so don't Oh, uh, but, but Bossy XP. Yes. Um, now I heard about you from the podcast Blacking It Up with Elon James White. Yes. And, uh, straight man Aaron Freeman. <laughs> and, uh, all the other ratchet, uh, guests. And the, like, political guests and all this stuff. Um, uh, but then I looked up, uh, you know, of course, you, 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 you have your own, uh, website. Um, and you're a poet. And I saw, like, some clips on YouTube. Like, can you just tell the people a little bit about yourself? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm a poet, a mental health advocate. Um, I was on Deaf Poetry Jam for five seasons, and I uh, toured with the Broadway cast in uh, Scotland and all across the United States, and I'm writing a book right now, and I don't know, that's that's it. I'm a mother to an awesome little kid, and that's it. Cool, cool. And, man, and it was weird listening, like, because, you know, I listened to your show, the, the podcast. It was weird listening to your podcast and then listening to you do a spoken word. It was like, oh, my God, who is this person? This powerful, this powerful voice coming from this person. Like, it's so emotional and stuff. I was like, oh, my God, it's so different. <laughs> it is. It's like a switch in my brain. Well, for people that, you know, want to look you, look you up, it's bossyworld.wordpress.com right now yeah alright so they can check you out there and find out all about your exploits and your life and whatever else is going on that just made you feel like uh, typing something that day <laughs> right alright and then my man Mike Mike Felder from inthebleachers.net uh, I think people know a lot about you yes. because you write the show yes. almost every week. Yes, and he has a lot of white girl problems. I love your white girl problems. They, <laughs> make, they make my week. It is just not complete without white girl problems. I know. I feel I feel if she's Bossy's doing all this, these big things, and then me, my biggest problem is, you know, I got to make sure I get my reimbursement for my gas money. <laughs> <laughs> so like, part of that week, you know? <laughs> No, the struggle takes different forms for each of us, brothers. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> the struggle for you might become come in the form of a white foot girl problems, you know. For me, it's, you know, going to work and doing my thing and trying to do the podcast, you know. For Bossy, it's fighting the struggle of the man and uh, definitely spreading the word about all this bullshit that's going on. Uh, for Karen, it's uh, when is she going to get that nap in? That's right. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's different struggles for everybody. Yes. Um, now, Mike, man... Um, one thing I did want to ask you, how the fuck are your emails so long when you write from a BlackBerry? Does a BlackBerry have a keyboard attached to some shit? Oh, man, it's just the BlackBerry keyboard. I use the thumbs. I'm good on it. You see how much I tweet. I tweet all day on the BlackBerry. I just, you know, I'm used to whether it's sitting in the office at 8 at night or I'm at home uh, not doing not, not doing much in the morning. It's a lot easier for me to type on the BlackBerry than to get up, go to the computer, sit down, send an email. So I type it on the BlackBerry, my man. Wow, Ooh. I don't know how you do it. Every time I see at the end of that email, sent from you by a BlackBerry, I'm like, that's impossible. <laughs> I think you're copying and pasting that shit. I know for word. Yeah, <laughs> then, then he sends that shit to his email. Then he copies and pastes it and he sends it to us. And he's like, see, I sent it from a BlackBerry. Are you going to write a novel from a BlackBerry? You ever thought about that? 
That is actually a good idea. My Blackberry, my Blackberry novel. That would be, uh, <laughs> that would be, it'd be great. I mean, I'm, look, I'm not writing a book yet, but that, that could be my first book, the Blackberry novel. Wait, I also forgot. Bossy's writing a book. Yes, I am. You, you submitted like your first draft already? I, I, the first draft of the proposal to my, my book agent. Um, and it's a big deal because I've literally been sitting on it for almost two years and giving myself all sorts of excuses as to why I wasn't ready and I need to do this or I need to change this up again. I don't have a proper title. And finally, I was like, look, seriously, send it. And so I did that yesterday. Wow, man, that's big. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to what happens next. Cool. Well, I just want you to know that we've had guests to come on our show and then go off to be millionaires. That's what happened to Anthony Morrow. I just want you to know people come on our show and then they make good money. Yeah. Okay. So it's happened at least once that we know. Yes. Of. So we're going to take credit for that. We are. I mean, forget the endless hours of shooting hoops nope. and mm-hmm. driving to AAU games nope. and his mom getting up at five in the morning. Nope. And None of that matters. Nope. 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 You came on the podcast. That's I'm, I'm about to change my, 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 my bio and add that I was on the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to do that. You are endorsed by the Black Guy with Tips. <laughs> there you go. Um, I need it. I need it. I can use the money. There's a lot of I can do with a million dollars. <laughs> All right. And then, he's going to get a Blackberry deal. That's what he's going to get. It <laughs> <laughs> was like, we love you. Endofflictions.net brought to you by Blackberry. Mm-hmm. First ever novel written on a Blackberry. Yes. Um. All right. So let's do some, uh, I guess we should already introduce the show like and say, if you're listening to this, then you probably already know, but in case you stole somebody's iPod or maybe you're in somebody's car and they're yeah. driving you to school or something, you want to know how you can find this podcast in the future, mm-hmm. you want to search for The Black Out Tips on iTunes or Facebook or Podomatic. Uh, you can join our Facebook group. If you go on iTunes, leave us a review. We read all the five-star reviews, even the bad five-star reviews. Yes, we don't care. As long so, as five stars. Yeah, you have something bad to say about us, just put five stars on it, and, yes. and it will get read. Yes. <laughs> so that, We will take your five stars. That's like cussing somebody out and handing them $20. Thank you for your $20. Right. <laughs> I found out that Karen is born, yes, but, so but I am awesome. I'm awesome. Though. Yeah, you're a 10-star rod. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we got five. You know? That's right. Five, ten divided by two. It's the only way you can get five stars. Anyway, and then, of course, uh, I found out that one of our guests was extremely boring. Very. Even though everyone else that wrote in loved the show. I don't yes. know. Maybe, but that person did leave five stars, so I had yes, to read that that's shit. That's all that matters. I've read the soliloquy from um, the movie B, mm-hmm. uh, which was very hard to do. I didn't know that many words started with B. Me either. I had to endorse Steve uh, Harvey for a second. Yes, you oh. did. Yes, it was in one of the reviews. Uh, I, what can I do? If it's in the review and it's five stars, I'm going to read it. Yes. Now, I don't know who. I Thank God iTunes has some sort of censorship. <laughs> oh, I haven't said anything too crazy, but still, it hurt to say that Steve Harvey shit. Um,. Don't forget also, you can uh, find us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'm Say That Again. That is in D-A-T. Bossy's on uh, on iTunes. She's Bossy World Live. And Bossy spelled B-A-S-S-E-Y. I'm on iTunes? I mean, wait. <laughs> Twitter. I mean, oh, I was like, let me find out. I was like, she's on iTunes? She's on iTunes. People have been bootlegging her poems and stuff. It's crazy. I know. I heard she's a number one poet on iTunes. Don't on it? iTunes. No. Um, and then of course, little Kim. 
<laughs> and Mike's on Twitter, on Twitter also, and he's in the bleachers. Am I? I am. I am on. I, I am on. I am on iTunes, Rod. Mm. Wait, Mike, you on iTunes for real? In the bleachers, the in the bleachers podcast is on iTunes. Oh yeah, that is right. I knew that. That is terrible. I can't believe I fucked that up. Yeah, I've listened to his podcast before, so that is actually double terrible. I listened to the one with Larry Lank Lank. Um, and I say that to say this, um, that was a great podcast, uh, episode. I learned a lot more about, uh, Auburn and trees, uh, than I thought I would ever want to know. Cool. Yeah, apparently, apparently people in college worship trees and not just weed. So, um, alright, and then you can call the show 704-557-0186. Leave us voicemail. You know, we always appreciate that. We respond to that on Saturday mornings. Um, and you can always email the show to blackouttips at gmail.com. I checked our email. We've already gotten an email for the response show today. So, I mean. Cool. Y'all on it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, people are on top of shit. Um, and the track that you, you heard at the beginning of the show, um, uh, what is gonna, it's called Titties and Carrot Cake by Thug yes. Frank. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to give them props, uh. man, because, they uh, are just a couple niggas from Twitter like like me and Karen and everybody else. And, you know, they've managed to get on Tosh.0's website. Which is big time. Yeah, and I, I said they should have never gave y'all niggas fish eye lenses because y'all, y'all are doing ratchet ass videos <laughs> eating carrot cakes and talking about titties. I don't and holding think, knives. Yeah, I don't know that that's good for the world or not, but I appreciate good satire as much as anybody. Yes. Um, and also thank you to the people who go to the website, uh, theblackouttips.com. A lot of people have been digging my latest write-up, which is uh, the blackest NBA players of all time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, there's different measurements of blackness, so it's not all just negative stereotypes of black people, because that doesn't, that doesn't define black people. No. Right? So we got some good we got some good brothers up in there. You know, we got some Ron Artest-type stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. But just go enjoy the read. Even if you don't like the NBA, you can at least laugh at the funny... Um, <laughs> the funny way we measure blackness. Yes, and also on our, our website, we got polls now. You don't have to be a member of all going to the poll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go to there and just uh, vote on the poll, man. Tell us how you feel about certain topics. We just figured out how to do that, so we'll yes. try to have one for every show now. Yes. Um. So that'll be awesome sitting around after the show trying to figure out what the fuck the poll's going to be. I know, right? <laughs> that won't add time to editing at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So, like, I actually had a couple questions. Um, but for, oh, go ahead, Karen. But before you start, baby, mm-hmm. why don't we have three guests? You know, it's Easter. One for every day Jesus was dead. Oh, you're he right. He rose in three days. I guess our third guest can be the Holy Ghost, because you know he's not really here. <laughs> so we can just kind of be like he's, he's in the background. He's the quiet member of the group. Yeah, he's like no. he's like a Jerobi from a Tri Call Quest. Oh, no, I see him. He was here. Oh, uh, you saw? Him? Okay, cool. Well, okay, shit, y'all seen him? That's cool. That's all that matters. Uh, so I, I've heard uh, Bossy, uh, who tweets prolifically, like like I do, which um, I don't know why people follow anybody else. If, if you're not tweeting prolifically. Why am I following you on Twitter, honestly? Yeah, it, it, it always, like, gets me when folks, like, I, randomly, people that I've never spoken to will send me a, you tweet too much text, or tweet too much tweet. And I'm like, you read my tweets too much. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, oh, you're right, let me stop. Like, right. If you, why are you on Twitter if you're not tweeting? 
Yes, and I agree with you. And on top of that, I think some people don't use Twitter properly. Exactly. So you have people, they don't follow a lot of people. So if you don't follow a lot of people and I happen to be the one that tweets heavily, you're going to constantly see me in your timeline. Yes. Absolutely. Get more people. Follow interesting people. Obviously, they right. like what you say. Well, then just read it and keep it pushing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times, too, I feel like uh, people don't really... They overvalue their own time. Like, they really think yes. that they're really important. Like, if you want to see how important people think they are, do a follow Friday list. Yes. And see, like, you can write a really nice, like, this person is awesome. I listen to them, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, I was rich. And they'll be like, two people will follow him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. You say they're entertaining. But I don't want to take the two seconds to hit the follow button and find out. That's right. Or, or even the, the two seconds to hit the, let's see what their other tweets are. Yes. yes. And that's, that's what gets me about Twitter, too, is that people do not pick up context clues. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll have this whole, you know, 20-tweet rant that I'm on, and then I'll say, and then he said, I wish you would, you know, stab my mother in the neck. And then somebody will get the I stab my mother in the neck tweet, and then they start telling me about how violence is wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> the other 19 tweets where I'm explaining to you what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. that's just too much work. There's no way that I'm going to click that read timeline button and go back to see what you're talking about. I'm not doing that. That's an extra <laughs> click. It's a click, y'all. You know how hard it is to, to click on shit? Like, oh my god, my finger hurts thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And if, and if people read my timeline, they would really think I was having an affair with my bed on Roderick. Yeah. They I mean, probably, it's just, yeah. That is right. actually very, very close to the truth, though. Is that, not, is that not what's going on? That really is what's going on. We have a serious uh, love affair. We really do. Yeah, she, she did sleep on the couch a little today, so I felt better about that. Yes, you know, the, spreading the, it around. The couch is my other, my backup man. Right. You know, the bed is my main, my main lover. Mm. You know, but you always gotta have a piece on the side. Always. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. In case the first one don't work out. You lucky you're a double when you sleep. Uh, I heard you talk about um, some of the people on your follower follower list not getting some of the jokes that you make, being ultra ultra sensitive, and that's why you came up with the pound uh, IW. JJ hashtag, which I still use from time to time, and it means I was just joking. And oh. I feel like I feel like I might start using that. Yes, I feel like that solves a lot of problems. It's kind of like when um, I used to get really critical emails from people that didn't like the show or something, and I just respond with LOL, like lowercase, and just not send anything else back. <laughs> it, it, it does. It kind of diffuses them. Like, hey man, calm down. I don't even yeah. feel like typing to you to explain my joke. No. Um. But how much of that do you feel comes from, like, your, the kind of people who follow you, uh, Vasi? Because, uh, and, and I guess Mike too in this case, because, like, Vasi, you have a lot of, like, politically correct people that follow you, or, like, maybe liberal people that, you know, kind of side on the, the, the side of political correctness sometimes, even when it's not really that big of a deal. Right. And then, um, Mike, you have a lot of, like, college football fans and sports fans, which are, Equally as fucking ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. Uh, when it comes when it comes to just like, wait, you made a joke on this color team? Fuck that. Yeah. Like that's the team I like. I know you're picking on my mascot. Screw you. Yeah. So so like, how do you, uh, and I ask? I'll address it to Bossy first, and then Mike. But um, how do y'all feel about about that when it comes to uh, you know your jokes or whatever? Well, I think that um, 
for me particularly, I don't think it's really the liberal uh, political ones. I think they understand my humor. Problem is with um, people who just know me from poetry or from writing, and they think I'm like ultra serious all the time. And then um, I, I'm not. Like Twitter is where my 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 real personality is. That's that's who I am. I crack jokes about everything and anything. Um, and people don't want to give me permission. Number one, it's not even just jokes though. Like it's even like opinions about something. Yeah. Like I could say it's raining outside, and folks are like it's not raining here. What gives you the right to speak on weather? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> really, really like just angry at me, and and I. I don't know why. I was actually at brunch with a friend of mine today, uh, and we were talking about it, and she was like, I've never seen anything like that. You can't say anything without at least one person, like, jumping on your case, ready to, like, um, you know, challenge you and, and, and destroy you, like Mortal Kombat or whatever. But what I think it is, to be quite <laughs> honest, is that um, I'm, a very, I'm, I'm a very strong personality. And I speak very passionately and forcefully about everything. Like, it's just not, it's just how I am. Like, if I'm going to argue or if I'm going to express an opinion, I'm doing so because I, I believe 100% what I'm saying. And if you believe 100% what you're saying, then we can have a conversation. But people think that I'm... Like, I'm ready to battle all the time. So they want to be the one who challenges me and, and takes me down and be like, yeah, I argue. I went toe-to-toe and I took her down. And it's just never that serious for me. But it seems really, really, really serious to um, other people. Like, there was this one... I don't know if it was a man or a woman. I can never tell on Twitter. I'm like the worst. I don't know if gay, straight, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I was talking about how I personally, like, my personal spiritual philosophy was about uh like the law of attraction and empower positive thinking and you know i i i i deal with mental illness and and mental disorders um like in my writing and in my personal life but you know what gets me through the moments in between the moments is the fact that i always have hope for better things or or you know stuff like that and this person tweets at me i am so sick of people telling me that being negative is wrong i was like uh, what? I said, I'm sorry. Wow. Excuse me. Uh, what? Wow. And she went on and on, and I kept saying, "Ma'am, I, I'm not. I don't know you. I didn't tell. I, if you want to be negative and live and, and live, you know, your negative life, that's okay. I mean, I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to say." And she kept going on and on, and, and then she was like, "You and Oprah are always." I was like, "Oprah? What? Oprah? What? Me and Oprah? What?" I was like, "You know." I thought I was just like, "You're right." <laughs> You've got to be in the same sense with Oprah, though. So yeah, that's yeah, that's that's bad. Bad. and Oprah are forcing her to be positive, and she does not want that. <laughs> Your positive ass outlook on life. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> now, Mike, what about you, man? With the sports fans, because I know I, you know, I talk about sports all the time, but I also have the benefit of probably being one of the most sarcastic people on Twitter. So. I can always opt out and just be like, oh, I'm just fucking with you and just not address that person. But as a person that actually, you know, it wants to be taken seriously with sports a lot of the time because of, you know, the nature of your podcast and your, your website, how does it affect you when, you know, you tweet something and then you get hit up with, uh, you know, somebody who's a dissenter? I, mean, I, I love the fight. I'm not going to lie. I love it. I, I, I love, you know, taking, taking fools to school. 
Uh, most of the time, they uh, obviously come from one team or another where you say something bad about Coach X or Team Y, and then they come out with their guns blazing with their, you know, small, you know, view of the team that they care about. And they don't realize that I read all this stuff that they read about their team. I read it for most every team in the country. I know what I'm talking about. I spend most of my Sundays watching games from the day before, so I know what I'm talking about. Um, so ultimately, it ends up, you know, I, I don't, I don't lose often, and I, I, I'm going to admit it. Unlike, unlike uh, ba- Bat Bossy, I um, I love it. I bring it on. Oh no, no, no. I, I love it too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I will go to, I will go toe to toe, and then I'll start yes. cracking jokes. And then you're confused. Like, I, I, I love it, too. Like, a little too much. I had people DMing me, like, just let it go. You're destroying this poor person. I don't know. She's business. Yeah, I do enjoy stupid people. I don't know why. Uh, I love it. Something about making sport of them. It's just, no. I don't know. It's another feeling. And and something that uh, Bossy was talking about, I think that people uh, have a need to feel important. And they have a need to let you know how important they are in your life when the reality is they don't mean anything like right. I, I think people don't realize it on twitter to most people unless they know you personally the relationship is is a friendly relationship but it's not a personal or intimate relationship it can become one after after a while but for most people you don't get that deep into your thought process across twitter like that yeah well one question i did think about though for you and i guess it's more for you and karen but like being a woman how much of how much of that do you think affects the way that your jokes and your sense of humor are, are perceived? Because I think people are way harder on females who make any type of like joke or controversial statement. It's it's just like a what? Did, how dare you, woman? Come out your place and try to make a joke with the fellas, you know, whatever. Like it's just you know, it's like people just don't like to see that. They want to slash it back down. Like shut up and get back serious. Like what do y'all think? That? I think that for, for some people, um, they can't handle it when you're when you're wittier or funnier than they are, especially when they come at you in a very like combative way. Then they start resorting like to, um, you know, oh, that's why you ain't got a man. I'm like, yeah, yes, this conversation <laughs> and the fact that yes, that's why I'm not dating anyone. Correct? Or or you know, you ugly bitch. And I'm like, I know a lot of things about myself. I'm not ugly. You know what I mean? So I'm just sitting here like, what is really going on here? Like, what? Like, are you mad because my jokes are better? And if that's the case, that you need to work on that. Yeah. That's you. That's your personal problem. I think that being a woman on Twitter is difficult because um, you either get people who are uh, doing anything they can possibly can to get your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, let me let me backtrack. I think that Twitter is. I think that you are who you are on Twitter. Unless, even if you if you've created a new name and occupation, your personality is still going to come through. Um, and you know, there's some people who are shy in real life, but Twitter allows them to be, you know, to get over their shyness and to and to you know speak to people the way that they want to. But if you're an awkward, you know, weirdo douchebag in real life, you're going to be an awkward weirdo douchebag on Twitter too. And it's just going to come out. Like, you're just not going to know how to talk to people. So I get a lot of people who think that the veil of Twitter covers all their awkward, weird douchebaggery. And so they try to come at me, like, sideways. And it's just so weird and wrong that all I can do is say, 
this is just like real life, isn't it? Like, <laughs> poor things. Like, even on Twitter, you're, you're, you're failing, and I am so sorry for you. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, and I agree exactly with what you were saying. Also, I think that a lot of people are, they're just intimidated. For some reason, once you involve breast and hips and a vagina, people with penises, for some, not all, but people with penises, you know, they want to say, well, I'm the man. You know, I have a penis and you don't. I'm superior. You know, rah, rah, rah. Here's my testosterone. But when it comes to certain things, that shouldn't even matter. The the, the, the the playing level, the playing field should be leveled. And I think that a lot of people have these insecurities with women, like you say, in real life. Oh, and they God, just yes. creep into Twitter, you know, and they don't know how to just let people be. And sometimes you could be minding your own business, like she said, and people would just come and make comments. I know... Um, and then on top of that, for some reason, when you're married uh, with me and Roderick, I guess everybody's marriage is different. But for some reason, I don't know why people think I'm this jealous, hateful bitch. But I'm, I'm really not. I'm very loving because uh, Roderick puts out naked pics of, of women. <laughs> I, have, I have personally, I have no problem with that. I, I think a lot of people think I do because one dude hit him up going, oh, ain't Karen going to be mad you put naked pics? He was like, she's right here beside me. <laughs> yeah, we it's not. First of all, it's not just naked pictures, Karen. That really belittles what I do. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, it's, yeah. it's, it's naked pics with captions. Exactly. Yes. That's right. The caption exactly. is the best part. The caption is what anyone can put out naked pictures, Karen. That a, a 12 year old could do that. That's I wouldn't right. suggest it because no. that is way too young to do that. Yeah. But <laughs> anyone could do that. But it takes a special person to point out that you can buy that couch at Walmart for 149.99. It takes a special yeah. person to say. Is that your grandma's armoire? Yeah. That takes it, you, you. Everyone can't do that, and no, that's why a, a naked pigs and jokes jokes are my thing. You know. Yes. Um. That no. Is Rod's thing. Yes. That's yes. your thing. Did it's she my read thing. All those books. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Did she read all those books that are laying on the floor? There's no bookshelf in that room. Yeah. <laughs> why are her books laying on the floor? I don't think she read that trigonometry book. I'm just saying. No. But anyway. No, um, she should be mopping with that mop in the background. <laughs> hey, I don't always say that part because, you know, a woman is not hey, stuff. sexist. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard to be funny, though, and not be sexist and stuff. Like, um, when I listen to uh, Blacking It Up, um, I always feel a little bad because, like, I feel like Elon and those guys are, they, like, when they do, like, other shows like The White House and, uh, they also have a nerd podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Jaga Take My Strength or whatever. Then they kind of get a little loose, but it's like when you talk politics, you got to be careful with your jokes. It's hard to make a politically correct, funny joke. Like, I don't envy them at all. Mm-mm. Like, those jokes I mean, are hard. Well, I, I think that, 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 that there's some things that are just funny. And then there are things that you sort of have to, um, for me, it's choose your battle. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like... I, I, for me, I know those guys, and I know that, you know, like every once in a while, I'll have to get serious and be like, okay, like you can't say that because this implies this and that implies that. Um, like I don't condone rape jokes or or uh, uh, or anything like that. That's the only thing that I can really think of that comes to mind right now. Like I just I won't I won't support a rape joke. I don't think they're funny. I don't I don't think it's necessary to go there. I think that if you want to make a sex joke or a, you know whatever other place you want to go if you were savvy or smart enough or witty enough you, you, you can go someplace else and still get the same outcome as far as the joke goes 
Um, so there are certain things like that. I'll, I, I put a, a stop to because I, I, I just think they're lazy too. I think they're lazy jokes. Um, but we have a lot of fun on blacking it up yeah. because the stuff we talk about is so ridiculous that all we can do is is build on the joke that's already there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And like I say, it's a great show. And like I said, I, I think it's funny. I think it's harder to do the comedy with. Uh, some type of, uh, you know, standards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like this show. Yeah, we could all. Um, but all right, let's do some random thoughts, man. Uh, enough yes. of us talking about Twitter and other people and shit. Um, so I watched, um, on, I took the day off Friday and, uh, on, on Netflix streaming on the Xbox, there's a feature where you can watch movies with your friends. Mm hmm. And apparently Netflix has just been putting anything out there lately. Yeah, I, I out love there, Netflix, man. Yeah, I went out there and looked at some new stuff, and I was just like, really? We flavor of love. Like, yes. people want to yes. see this? Yes, and you can watch that in party form, man. Yeah. So, Up to eight people. So I was surprised that it was out there, because while that may seem like the dream for me, it just seemed like Netflix would be above that. But, um... No. No, of course not. No, no, no they're not. No. So we watched uh, me... Um, Phenom Black, aka Brandon, aka twelve other nicknames. I told him we got fourteen names. Yeah, from Where's My Forty Acres podcast and Chris uh, from the Insanity Check podcast. Yes, we watched Steven Seagal Lawman. I've never seen that. Was it great? Was it as epic as I thought it was going to be? It was a six. We watched about six or seven episodes in a marathon. Um, now, have either one of you guys ever seen that show? No. I have seen it, and I, I think I watched for ten minutes. Okay, Got sucked in during a commercial break, and then had to turn. I just he he acted, they actually let him fight crime for real. Yeah. Now you know my my thing is I love um, ratchet stuff and I love racism uh, more because I, <laughs> I love ratchet stuff and I love racism. <laughs> and, and this is the best of both worlds because Steven Seagal is somewhere in um, like New Orleans. Oh, he down or, south. Yeah, Louisiana yeah, or something like that. And Ooh. he's um a he's on the reserve police, which they kind of gloss over, kind of gloss over the fact that he's not real police. He's not in a police car. Okay. He's not. They don't. He ain't been have, to the academy. Yeah, I don't even okay. think they have uh, lights on their on their SUVs that they drive in. Well, damn, do they have uh the bulbs, the uh flashlights? No, they don't even have. They do have guns though, but they don't even have like the uh, thing you put on the roof. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, and then every time there's a police chase, they show the same footage of <laughs> of them passing the same gas station. But the the, the interesting part is this. He has what we like to call Steven Vision. Okay. Okay. Now, Steven Vision is when they take the camera, they point it on some unsuspecting innocent black people, and then they put it in slow motion, and then they play dramatic music as Steven ponders what crimes these motherfuckers are committing. <laughs> it is by, it is by far the most racist, profiling bullshit I've ever seen. And it's. It's always like black people late at night, and then they'll show like you know a black kid walking, and his pants are kind of hanging down because you know he uh, his, his pants are sagging, and they'll show him like pull up his pants the first time, and you know that takes about two seconds, but then they show it in slow motion, <laughs> and, wow. and, and, and like black and white, and and, <laughs> and then Steven says something like, "Hey, check that guy out. I think he might have a gun or something in his pants." 
And, and you know, ah, when you ah. saw someone in slow motion pulling their pants up, it's like, maybe he does have a gun. He is a Negro. Jump, jump, jump. Right. <laughs> so, after the, after they, you know, do Steven Vision, which happens about 20 times an episode, uh, pr- particularly when they see black people. Um, after they do Steven Vision, ah. they pull the kid, they always pull the people over. They always, like, get out the car. And I know it's fake because when they get out the car, the cameramen have an angle of them getting out of the car from the front. Think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, versus from the back? Right. And cops, the, the show cops, they behind police works. The cameraman has to jump out of the back and run behind the cops. Yeah. Right. Okay. But in the, in this one, you can actually see them open the door and run off past the cameraman. Not yeah. yeah. Um. There's there's three there's three vans and or three SUVs and I think in the first SUV you actually have like the actual real cops that do shit. Yeah. Because Stephen always shows up. I can't make this up to the crime scene like about five to ten minutes behind everyone else. <laughs> like he's it, overweight. That's why he can't get there. Well, I don't even think it's because he's fat. I literally just think he's that in a car. Yes, they're just like, come on, dude, man. Just look, we got some dudes apprehended. Bring Steven and the camera crew down. He's, he's oh. a big traffic loss. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, the light. stop he here. Be in real danger, then they won't have a show. Yes, and, and then one time they did let Steven tase a guy, so that's good. Good on him. Wow, you know, good on him. So you guys didn't even do the taser, did you? Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot. The official weapon of the show is the taser. And the unofficial sport is bullet ball. And bullet ball extreme. That's right. Alright, yes. forgot about that. Good Uh-oh. good catch, Mike. Yes. No one's it's ever tried that. Um, alright, so yeah, so alright, so Steven rolls up late and normally like the guys on the ground and Steven starts talking to him. And uh, I've also noticed and Chris notices too, he talks to black people differently than white people. He tries to talk in like this weird New Orleans Ebonics. Oh, 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 oh. Creole? Yeah, I like. I really can't like Steven Seagal after this. This shit is just straight racist. Like he was like, "Hey, we out here trying to catch these, catch these, these murderers. We ain't trying to get up on good folk like you." Oh my god! <laughs> wow. And then later he goes and gives a speech to like a school, and he's talking perfect white English. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so racist. It's so racist. Oh my god! It was so good. And then, <laughs> and then we counted. There was something like in the six episodes we watched, he probably pulled people over at least a dozen times. So I would say probably twenty-five to thirty-five black people that he harassed. Of the people they pulled over, they only arrested like two people. What? <laughs> two people. The people now, if or maybe four, it was four. Now, if you count what they actually pulled the people over for, they arrested one person on Steven Vision where he really did see something. Wow! So they're arresting, they're arresting thirty-five innocent black people, and then like telling them, like they would find out something like uh, they pulled over this one black, these black people because they were standing in front of a convenience store. I'm not making that up. Can't he, do that. He said. Those guys have been standing in front of the convenience store for a couple hours. And they were like, yeah, he's like, let's go, get out the car. And they get out. <laughs> they roll up on these innocent dudes. Wow. <laughs> and everybody's like, what y'all doing out here? And one dude lied about his name and they found out that he had warrants on him for traffic tickets. Word. So, yeah, so he went downtown. Wow. For traffic. He saw that with Steven Vision, though. He knew. <laughs> he knew. 
Steven Vision can check your, you know, if you've been speeding. Like, Steven Vision is dope, man, but... Parking tickets, whatever you got. Movement <laughs> violations. What? He parked in front of a fire hydrant six months ago. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, look at his pants. He looks like a, a guy who's been parking in front of fire hydrants. <laughs> well, I don't want to mess with Steven Seagal Vision, because apparently he goes rolls with the Swatch. Yeah, yeah, he does. Well, oh, no. Thank you. They're, they're the SUVs. No, the SWAT is in the SUVs. No, Karen. Trust me. I watched the show. No, he is not in the These school. are reserved. These are not SWATs. These are like 50-year-old officers a couple days from retirement. Oh, yes. oh. It's like he put like... a whole force together of Danny Glover in every lethal weapon. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So oh. he was really good at fighting once he, after he got beat up a handful of times. Right. Oh, so they yeah. don't get the good young recruits. No, no one else. No one you, know, you know, the nigga was like, Steven Seagal, A, who is he? And B, hell no. No, they, they love Steven Seagal. They know who he is. They're not trying to risk their, their healthy, <laughs> not their career. Those no. dudes get to the crime scene so late, man. I cannot, like, just imagine, I, I, like, this is what I really want to see, right? I want to see camera crews with the real cops. Yes. As they wait on Steven Seagal on the <laughs> fucking there. Oh, God. That's hilarious. Like, I would pay money for Alec Baldwin to do some type of parody of Steven Seagal law enforcement. Man, law they were talking about arthritis. They were talking about their heart pills. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the people in his crew. No, I want to see the officers. Yeah, they right, are. Right, right. I'm saying, I want to see the real officers who do the arresting. Oh, see, what happens is, okay. like, Steven Seagal and the fucking, uh, the dudes from uh, <laughs> the Expendables, <laughs> they show up with the old crew. Okay. After the real young police officers are chasing niggas down. Okay, and so they have two sets of officers. Yes. Okay. And, and I and I would if something comes out from this where we find out that they've been faking arrest and faking because yes. because some of the people they pull guns on and do stuff to, they know them. They kick this door guy's door in, oh. pull the gun on the guy, and then he goes, oh wait. I know you. You're cool. And oh he walks off. You gotta feel the show. You got was an hour long. You gotta do something during that hour. Yeah, it's like 20 wow. minutes long. And I mean, there's only so many like hospitals he can visit and stuff to do the real PR. So, <laughs> he also taught a guy how to shoot by giving him the advice: you just want to push the bullet out. And that guy passed the shooting test, so I don't know. Maybe some type of Zen master. So, so basically, the same advice they give childbirth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes after the guy passes the shooting test. He takes all the credit. Like, yeah, I showed him some things. And he like, dude, I saw the tape. You didn't show him shit. And he was, he was flossing on the guy because he was like, yeah, I'm gonna light this match because he is an expert marksman. He's like, I'm gonna light this match with a bullet. And he doesn't, he doesn't do it. He shoots the match, but whatever. <laughs> he, he's still like he's just completely being a, a douchebag to this guy. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you can shoot. Let me show you how to shoot. I'm gonna put six bullets in the target's head, and then he shoots the the thing six times. He's like, now I'm gonna shoot a hole through my bullet hole. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yes. And the Wait, dude, Steven Seagal is a, is an expert marksman. Oh, oh, boss. Let me tell you something about Steven Seagal. <laughs> This motherfucker, this motherfucker is for real. Now I'm not. Now people like to make jokes about his weight and shit. Never seen him do that to his face, by the way. But people like to make jokes about his weight and talk about him being a movie star. Steven Seagal is actually a real life badass, and uh, he's kind of proof that um, just because somebody's fat does not mean that they can't whoop your ass. Um, so he everything he does in those movies is for real. 
which is kind of why his movies suck because you know who wants to see a dude's arm get broken in real life but um he like he um like he is a legit too he's a legit um marksman like like world-class marksman like martial arts yeah like he like i'm joking about him shooting that match but i want you guys to think about that this motherfucker hit a match from like 20 feet away if all this stuff, bro, I got a question. If all this stuff in his movies is real, mm-hmm. do they sign people up? And they're like, just so you know, like, Thursday shoot, Steven is going to break your arm in half. Like, that's just <laughs> FYI. It could happen is what they're saying. Like, I don't think he's trying Find to break your arm. Right here. But, like, Steven don't have an off switch, dog. It could happen, man. He also, another racist part of the show, he was trying to demonstrate how to do martial arts to the police officers. And he's doing stuff on them, and of course he's doing that dickhead shit that that police that karate instructors do, where they like take your arm and like twist it really bad. You know what I'm talking about? Because they yes. know you don't know what he's doing. He's like, all right, just stick your arm out, try to punch me, and then it's like, ah, how do you like that? Your thumb's not supposed to go that way. You're like, oh, what the fuck? Dude, I, I just signed up for classes at the Y to learn self defense, sir. Yeah, Rod, I really think you should open a, a dojo because that's the best instruction I've ever heard of a, of a karate move. <laughs> you to do that, huh? <laughs> That's how it feels. I've had it done. You and Cobra Kai, I would totally take it. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was in Taekwondo. I got the blue belt. Me I, too. Yeah. That's I mean, funny. I didn't get the belt. I didn't get the belt. I kicked this dude by accident in the face and got kicked out. But, oh. but I was in the class for a while and I learned all the dangerous shit I needed to learn to, to, to beat up some of the bullies that would beat me up when I was a kid. Whoa, what fact, what happened? You kicked somebody in the face? We were supposed to be sparring, right? Kicked him in the face. And then the dude kicked me, cause we were like, and that was, that was fucked up. And I was like, hey man, what was that? This is not supposed to be touching each other. We don't even have belts yet. We're white belts, man. And, uh, so then, um, the dude, like, we kept sparring a little bit more. <laughs> And I decided it was a good time to kick that dude in the face. Because I was upset. I was a kid. I didn't know any better. And uh, I got kicked out. They decided that that was not what the YMCA Taekwondo class was about. (laughs) And I got kicked out. (laughs) Which is my fault. My bad, Mom. I'm sorry you wasted that money. Um, I could have been married to a black belt. (laughs) Damn it, Ron. Damn it. Um, I I, think about what might have been. Hey, I did use it to beat up the kid that was bullying my brother, though. So, I mean, hey, that's good. Something good came out of that money. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, man, so he brings in an Asian guy to show that he is, like, a karate expert and then oh. proceeds to beat the Asian guy up, which is so racist. <laughs> it's like... That makes sense to me. It's like every black exploitation movie ever. Yes, he might as well put out some karate sticks then. Yeah. Like, I'll whoop you with these. It's like, well, I don't know whether I want to watch this or or not at this point like i keep going back and forth every time you say something well i think if you can watch it with people you're good yes in the group. Oh, okay don't watch it by yourself it will break your soul because you're just like <laughs> who puts this racist shit on tv and it gets 13 episodes no oh, one yeah. was mad I, I think i got more than one season no one was mad that's what a, channel I, was it on i don't even i, I, I don't know what channel it originally came God. on but that channel gotta be full of racist people because come on son isn't it spike or something like that <laughs> oh spike that, that, that would make sense <laughs> i think it does yeah yeah, yeah. Alright, man. So, um, basically that shit was racist. Anyway, um, so I, I went out to get some gas the other day. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was late at night, which is my fault. I always try to get gas when the sun's up. 
But I go get gas, and this guy gets out of his car. He's this older, white, hippie-looking dude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I got 48 cents, man. They won't give me gas across the street. Hey, big guy, can I borrow some money? And I was like, um, hey, uh, I don't think, um, 48 cents is any reason to leave the house to get gas. <laughs> oh, gas, like, what, three, four dollars a gallon? Yeah. <laughs> like, you may have spent more than 48 cents getting here, sir. Yes. Like, Even on foot, you have exhausted more than that. Yes. And of course, <laughs> of course, I'm not opening my wallet up at 11 o'clock. No. No, that is ridiculous. What is that? Get robbed? I'm, I went to school in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, yes. I know how it's going. Yes. So yeah, basically I was just like, no, bro, we're not gonna do that. So, um, all right. One time I um I was getting it was really really late. I was coming back from hanging out in D.C. and my my take was on like the light had come on. I, I just I needed to stop and get gas. And um I stopped to get gas and somebody came up like not behind me but like I wasn't paying attention and came at me so fast and he said. Do you have any change? And I was so startled that I said, I hate change. <laughs> like, I, I, just, like, I don't even know why or how that happened. And he kind of paused and looked at me and then walked away like, I don't even know how to respond to that one. I hate I out oh. crazy the crazy person. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's funny, man. Because, like, the thing is, I always think, well, if I open my wallet, I'm probably getting robbed. Of course. So, like, it's like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to tell you. You look like a cool enough guy and everything, but, yeah. you know, I, I did take a picture of my full gas tank and send it out to Twitter after that. So, yes, maybe and, I'm evil. And Roderick always gets on me because I don't ever carry any money. And people ask, I job care like these big bills now you got change for a 20 you got change for a 10 this is not the bank we at work and then i have a nurse to get mad at you because i don't care money i'll be like i don't have money i don't even look i know i don't got it they look at me like i'm lying because i tell them i don't got it and i ain't looking and if i did i ain't giving it to you <laughs> rod obviously has not given you your allowance of course not she's a woman <laughs> guys we talked about this earlier yeah. uh sexism still alive yes. um so speaking of sexism uh, my man Tyler Perry came out with a new movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, no one sounds excited. Um, and he came in second at the box office this week. He made, uh, Rio, the number one movie, made 26.8 million. Somebody said that was good. Mm, yeah. It's a kid's theater. The, the, those movies with kids, those like 3D, uh, CGI kids movies. They, they really should not count because people no. are taking their kids there to get them to chill out for two hours. Yeah, <laughs> and you already have, especially if you have a family of, of two parents and two children, that's four tickets versus me and Roger. That's two, so you automatically double, sometimes triple the amount of people that's automatically going because right. the kids can't take themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. I've never thought about it. Well, that that's way. why they always are going to be like number one every single time they come out. Yeah, Hop was number four, and Hop is about like the Easter Bunny. Like, come on, son. Yeah, Alright. She took my son to see it yesterday. Yeah. See, and kids are like anything at that age. They're not, yeah, they're anything. not, you know, they're not like coming home like, well, I, th- I thought it was shallow and pedantic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, very predictable. Uh, some of the jokes with Shrek went right over my head, mom. Yes. No, you get the, he did like this and then there were jelly beans out of his butt. Uh, ironically, that that still would make me laugh. Yes. Um, so, but um, yeah. So Medea's big happy family came out. Um, 
we actually got an email about it yesterday from somebody who gave us a review that mm-hmm. um, pretty much said it's the same as every Tyler Perry movie. Yes. Of there's a rape. Uh, there's a light-skinned black man who loves Jesus that saves everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Angry <laughs> black woman. Well, uh, obviously. Only one? <laughs> the main but, character. But there's other ones in the group, too, now. Um, but I've been having like this ongoing debate with... Uh, I wouldn't even call it a debate at this point. It's it's just tiring. Um, I've been talking to people that like Tyler Perry movies, I guess, or defend his right to make the movies. Yes. Which, I mean, hey, it's America. It's freedom of speech. I'm not saying he can't make his movie. True. Okay? But we've been having just good discussions, I guess, because, of course, we remember Spike Lee made some comments calling Tyler Perry a coon. Yes. And uh, said he was like the modern day. <laughs> uh, Amos Andy or whatever. Like, uh, just completely going in on this dude. And um, the thing, the thing that I would say with uh, with with the Tyler Perry movies is like, I am not a fan of his actual movie making ability. Not mm-hmm. like even beyond representing all black people. Mm-hmm. I think his his product is not quality. No, it's, and uh, it's horrible. I mean, yeah. it it sucks. It's not good movies. These are movies are not good. I don't care if they had all white people in them; they would be horrible. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're badly written. They're badly directed. Um, they're 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 overly wrought. Everything is it, it's just he he has some 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 moments where well that didn't suck. But as a whole, he's not a writer and he's not a director. And the fact that he ins- and he's not an actor and the fact that he insists on doing all three all the time just it it okay let me I, I'm a, okay and then Endozaki Shange after. Um, for Color Girls came out. Do you know that she had to write in that Medea was not allowed to be in for Color Girls because he wanted to put her in for Color Girls? <gasps> Are you serious? She had to write Medea into for Color Girls, and wow. she had to say, "You can't have this if you do that." Oh my god! If you notice, if you notice, if you, I don't know if you saw for Color Girls, but of course not. That well, movie looks like it's Loretta Devine's character. Blows up. Loretta Devine's character was Medea. All the lines coming out of her oh mouth were goodness. the lines that Medea was supposed to have. It was, it's, it's, he, he's completely, what I, I don't understand about black people that support him and Tyler Perry himself is that he acts as though he is above criticism. Like you're not allowed to critique him because he hires black people and his films are positive. They end, they have a positive message. So you're not allowed to say anything, but forget artistry, forget, uh, you know, the craft, creativity, forget all of that. You're not allowed to say anything bad about, um, about, about him. And he, he, he said on some interview, um, you know, it's only black people that do this. You never hear Italians complain about the Sopranos. I was like, where the fuck the do you live? Good. They complain. No, but that's oh, they complain about like, it. They complain about the image, Sopranos, yeah. yes. Jersey Shore, yes. Mob Wives. Like, they do. Like, where are you from yeah. where people don't critique other people? And obviously, like, you're from somewhere that doesn't ha- that doesn't happen. Otherwise, your first edit screenplays wouldn't be on screen. Like, that's everything he writes is a first draft. And he's like, let's just shoot this. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I see, and the thing is, that that bothers me a lot about him is not like it, it's more the defense of him than the actual uh, his what he does because I feel like there's room for everything just about in black culture. So you know, if you want to make your little shit movies that really abuse people's religious uh, beliefs and 
kind of just you know the, does a self masturbatory thing of of you dressing up as a woman. That's fine. I, I don't really. It doesn't. That really doesn't bother me because I'm not gonna see it. I just don't like the fact that if I say this shit is low quality. I gotta get accused of hating on a black man and not wanting right. to see or, brothers or, make it and shit. Or my, my the one that that, that 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 makes me like absolutely furious that every time I say I'm not gonna talk about Tyler Perry anymore, somebody says this and I just have to go in the um oh well all these talented tenth people black people are too bougie to like Tyler Perry. I'm like, what are you talking about? This has nothing to do with the cla- with class or or the fact that it's the South versus the North, like it's the fucking Civil War. It's the Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> um, it has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that he is not talented, and nobody ever says his, nobody ever says he's he's talented or he, he's really good at doing this or that. They say I like his movies. He remind they remind me of my family. And he's a black man that's giving black people work. Those are the three things that they always say. I have never heard anybody say, oh my God, I love him so much because he's a fantastic writer in the way that he, you know, pulls emotion from his actors as a director. He, nobody ever says that. Nobody yes. ever does. It's easy to pull emotion, I think, from your actors when they say, I am sad. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? like, I think that's easy to do that. I am so mad right now. Yes. Are, and, and then the person goes, "Are you mad because your husband left you 13 years ago and took all of your money and left you with the children and then you started a crack habit?" Yes. yes. I'm so angry. That's the real problem here. And the, the thing, the thing too is, um, like, uh, Doctor Goddess on Twitter, she's like a big defender of Tyler Perry's right to make his movies, even though she does not seem to like like his movies, which is funny. But um, one of the things that she was saying was like, I was like, look, his movies don't have any depth. Um, and one of the, you know, obviously the problem here is Spike Lee attacked him. So, you know, we have to do an examination of Spike Lee's movies and shit too. But the, the thing I was saying was, look, his movies don't have any depth. And she's like, well, if you're a religious person or a Christian, then they have added depth. But I'm like, that's depth that you're bringing to the theater with you. Yeah. Right. They bring their own emotional attachment and nostalgia to the film. And they give that to him. It's, it has nothing to do with what he brings. The thing about it is that, number one, Spike Lee has every right to criticize uh, uh, a fellow filmmaker. Yes. Every right. And this is That's- not exclusive to Tyler Perry, by the way. He has he has definitely criticized white filmmakers over the mm-hmm. years. For some- Quentin Tarantino a couple of years ago, he went yes. after. It kind of bothers me because... I really hate that it get the media or whoever's choosing these stories. It gets marginalized to just these two, and, and it's like, okay, here's two black directors going at each other. It really does feel fake. It feels kind of like how uh, female rappers always get marginalized in the beef with each other. Yeah, right. where it's like, okay, so now one of them's coming out with a film. We gotta go back through the these niggas don't like each other. Look at it, Hollywood. They can't get along. Like, I hate I hate that we have to do that. But anyway, I digress. Go back. I'm sorry. No, no, but it's it, it, it's true. It's it, it's absolutely true. Um, I I I saw a movie um that came out like, God, I want to say November, but that seems so long ago. Um, it was called Muslim, like, and everybody was like, it was a big campaign, go see Muslim, go see Muslim, and I saw a trailer, and the trailer looked good, and I got, I happened to get tickets to a screening, uh, here in D.C., and, um, I went with Helena Andrews and, uh, Michael Smith, 
and we sat there and we watched this movie in like complete like silence afterwards the director was there and there was a Q&A um and we were just ready we were like okay let's 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 talk about this people were like oh my god I cried this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life I don't understand why you're not winning Oscars I'm like what the fuck are you talking about that was terrible <laughs> <laughs> like, are you serious <laughs> I'm crying right now that was terrible that <laughs> was all the critique I had of Tyler Perry bad writing um, um, pandatic sort of like you know uh, uh, you're not giving me you're not giving me anything to feel you're telling me what I'm supposed to feel you're manipulating the audience into into having emotions by by bringing up 9-11 for no reason the the, the script was a first draft needed at least five more people to look at it the stories went nowhere we didn't know where the like all these problems that I had with Tyler Perry movies I had with this movie as well and it was supposed to be like and he was trying to bill it as like the counter to the Medea movies yeah. and I was like in order for you to counter anything you must first be talented at what you do this isn't about you know not wanting to see a man in a dress this is not about not wanting you know uh, southern dialects in a movie this is not about you know um, class and, 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 and the difference between bougie people and, and regular people whatever the fuck right. that is it's about the fact that you people don't know think that you can just get up and write a movie and then direct it and then put it out and we're just supposed to eat it up because because we're black we're supposed to eat it up because we're supposed to eat it up because we're black and And, and i think that black people fall into that they feel like if they if they're honest about not liking it that they're somehow contributing to racism or you know crabs in a barrel i'm like i'll be there like the thing about the whole crab in the barrel thing is that the crab is trying to get out is stepping on the heads of the crabs that are still down there. Hell yeah, I'm pulling you down. You're stepping on my head. <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry, man. Did you, did you want to go in? No, I just don't. I don't like bad movies. I go yeah, movies. exactly. I'm going to spend my seven fifty or whatever it is, you know, $5 if I go on a weeknight. I'm going to spend my money. I'd like to be entertained. I like to enjoy the movie. I just These movies are horrible. I've seen two of them with my mom. She likes them a little bit. I, you know, I don't understand why. If I wanted to watch Bad Tyler Perry, I would just watch it on TBS. I yeah. don't understand why I'm going to spend money to do it. This is it's not good. It, actually, not good. Oh, actually, I have no problem with why we don't demand more from our exactly. office in general. And um, the, yes. thing, the thing is, I actually have no problem with people wanting to go watch bad movies. I just need them to own. Say they're bad. I just need you to own that. Like I've yes. seen, I've gone to see bad movies. I've seen Machete. that. I've seen like I've seen movies where I was like, huh, that looks fucking terrible. Let's go check it out, baby, and we go check it out. And then, then and I do had not a great time. I do not come home and tell people this is good. No, I say it was shit. Bad. It was I saw Pluto Nash in the theater. Oh, what is wrong with you? It is shit. Terrible. It's oh, terrible. Man. It was actually too bad to laugh at. That's not a good example. Okay, I saw Pootie Tang in the theater. Damn, I enjoyed Pootie Tang tremendously. We laughed the whole yes. time. People asked me about Pootie Tang, and I said, uh, my friends, I said, man, if you don't see this, I don't know that we can stay friends. But And they said, so is that good? And I said, it's that bad. bad. I love it. Yes, I I, I have my but genre of movies. It's, it's, it's either good, meaning good, or it's so bad that it's good. Right. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, like, I'm, I'm like that. Like, any you, you throw some... Some some teenager having to save his family through dance. I am there. Right. I am. I am all in your step it up. 
I will, I'm in Showgirls. I will, Glitter is one of my favorite movies. But the thing <laughs> is, everybody knows that those movies suck. Nobody's coming out of Glitter like, oh my God, I cried. Right. Like movie, <laughs> yes. It touched me in ways that I can't even, God bless you, Tyler Perry, for making, like, shut <laughs> up. Like, and the thing is, I want to be like, where, where are you from? Like, what is your family life like? Right. Because for you to be this emotional over nothing, the, 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 like the, the, the cinematic equivalent of, 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 of a manila folder, <laughs> there's a lot not happening in your life that needs to happen. You need to move. Yeah, and the probably thing- are robots. That's how they talk too. I am feeling <laughs> sad. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to give now. And I know that we don't really have anybody here that supports Tyler Perry, but I do want to give some credence to the fact that um, I have, and I didn't think this would happen, but it did. I have had a homophobe co-sign me about talking oh, about Tyler God. Perry, and, and so that was the first time where I was like, "Ooh, wait a minute." Uh, so some of y'all do exist. I thought they were making these people up. So yeah, I just want a record. I'm not. I'm not dissing Tyler Perry out of any misplaced homophobia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if he's gay or not. I don't care about him dressing up in a dress. Uh, I'm not. I'm not doing this out of classism. You know, I'm from the south. Uh, I, I, we didn't have the most money growing up or whatever for a long time. But uh, th- none of that shit matters to me. Like it's not like. But they're poor southern people and he's and he's gay and he dresses up in a dress. Why won't he just come out the closet? Like that's not that has nothing to do with why his camera work sucks, why his writing is predictable, and within five minutes I can tell you the plot of his movie. I would honestly prefer he go on RuPaul's Drag Race personally. <laughs> like I would be prefer that. Like if, if he if he if he came out as gay and said, you know, honestly, I'm just trying to do the drag queen thing. That's what I really wanted to do, and the movie was the way to get there. Good, that makes sense. It means you weren't trying. Right, I support that. And in the beginning of his movies, when they introduce characters, I I literally feel like they could put underneath a caption that just says like Michael Jones, bad guy. Yes. Thanks the day. Letitia Smith, black woman who needs a man. Like they do a PowerPoint, it just kind of boop, underneath them, just pop up right underneath. You know what's so funny though? All his movies are just the same. But instead of that, he could just be like. Did you see my first movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then the credits come up. Exactly. Like, hey, you hey, already seen this, right? Seven fifty. Yes. I bet you he could he could he could uh, edit together scenes from like his first five movies and call it a whole different movie, and people would go into it. And- <laughs> I saw Why Did I Get Married, which I I, I think titled after I left Why Did I See This Movie, but yeah. I, I saw Why Did I Get Married. And they made the uh, the the husband who was cheating on his fat wife, Jill Scott. Oh my! He was cheating on her, and they made it so obvious he's a bad ass, terrible, no good guy. Yeah, you can't just be cheating on your wife. You have to like kick old people. You have to stab puppies. Like if you don't get this bad, right? He has to drill it into your skull. Like he literally in the opening scene was like, "We're flying up here." To meet another couple, this random lady who's just a friend of mine is coming with us, yeah. and and his wife's like, "Hey, I'm too fat to get on a plane. I, I gotta I gotta drive." He's like, "Bitch, get your ass off the plane then!" And and if you don't know in that wow. second that he is definitely he's cheating on his asshole. wife, yes. and that he's a bad guy, and that he does not care, then you should leave the theater. And I felt so uh, uh, hurt. She said, she said, "I'm too fat." To get on this plane? Yes. yes. She could yes. not, like, you know, the person came up with, like, hey, ma'am, you're too fat. The seatbelt won't go over you. You have to get off. 
And, and then they kicked Jill Scott off the plane, and she had to drive up a mountain. So. With only God as a co-pilot. Yeah, just singing all the way there, singing and yeah. crying. And talking about Jesus. And then she made it up the hill and made it to the to the, the get-together or whatever. But my point being, there was a point in the movie where they give the reveal that this guy is cheating on Jill Scott. And it comes like 40 minutes into the movie. And the audience gasped and I wanted to smack everybody. <laughs> <laughs> in the audience I hope you go home and your man is in there with some other chick and you like oh my god I never saw it coming no idea I was so mad at, at the world I left that theater hot man I was hot I couldn't believe that bullshit honestly there's something about the audiences and I don't want to make blanket statements but when I saw for colored girls and the reveal that uh <laughs> The reveal that Janet Jackson's husband was on the down low and gave her AIDS. But like when he revealed that he was gay, people gasped. And I was like, excuse me, everyone. The first scene in the movie is him getting head from another dude. <laughs> like, that, that's only that time. That's only half gay, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, like the, the thing is, like, could we also just watch like Scooby-Doo with that audience? And at the end when they're like... Mr. Johnson, the old the old miner who's yes. looking for gold. Like, would they also be like, oh my god. I didn't see it coming. And he would have got away with it. You know what? He's right. If it wasn't you know Yes, and that made you much. They're all from Metropolis. They're the ones that get confused when, <laughs> when Spider, uh, Superman puts on his glasses. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. I think we just had Bossy make a nerd joke. Oh my. I keep telling you that I know my shit. I know my shit. They're trying to clown me, but I know who I am. I know what I like. I'm not a tech nerd. I'm a pop culture and a lit nerd and history. <laughs> well, 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 Bossy, like I said, uh, if, if if you have to leave, you know, just let me know through the chat, man. But I know you wanted to talk about Tyler Perry, real. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually have to go. It's it's it's, it's, it's okay. Fifteen minutes past my my son's bedtime, and he's up there with his grandparents, and they're probably feeding him ice cream and jelly beans right now. <laughs> All right, well, it was a pleasure having you. Yeah, um, thank you. It was a lot of fun. I, I, it was a lot of fun. So anytime, I am I am ready to cheat on blacking it up with you guys. <laughs> that is, that's strong. Well, y'all guys, make sure you go to bossyworld.wordpress.com and make sure you follow her on Twitter at bossyworldlive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's B A S S E Y, guys. Um, right. And listen to Blacking It Up uh, Monday through Thursday live at uh, 1.30 on Ustream. Yep. So thank you so thank much, Bossy, for coming pleasure. through. Thank you. Thank you. It was so nice meeting everyone. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Mike. Yes. Well, it's all on you, you now, now, brother. Yes, sir. You, so. you got to carry the show. I don't have anything else to talk about. Now it's all good. I shoot from the hip. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um. His, uh, I have more random thoughts. We gotta got sidetracked on uh, Tyler Perry. No, before you, oh, uh, go ahead, before you go on, there's something that we were talking about black movies, things like that, and it upsets me. I think a lot of black audiences have low standards, mm. and I don't know why. And these low standards come across. Just I'm like, we just proud you did something. Right. No, why can't we have our fucking standards too? Why can't we have have a black director? make a black movie about a black family 
They can get Oscars. You know, why Why we got to have the ones without... And, and I'm not knocking it, because I watch a lot of you bad know, and terrible you movies. You know, that's too. funny, too, because wrong, all these people that defend these Tyler Perry movies, at the same time, they would never say it deserves any type of reward. That's right. So it's like, you're going through all these histrionics to tell me I'm hating on a black man, like the, like he's beyond criticism. I vote for it. But, yeah, but if I actually was to say, like, okay, so what do you think, you know, who should win an Oscar from this? Uh, what should this win play of the, you know, movie of the year? Like, what do you think? Should it be nominated? Never. They're never like, oh. yeah, it should be nominated. They're like, and, no shit. And that's frustrating to me that the standards are set so low, like, and our culture is just, we just glad that somebody knows your fucking name. Come right. on, it's just more to it than that. And then, it's like, when you put out crap, and you have people with intelligence that comes to say, this ain't shit, the other people want to get mad at you because you said ain't shit, but they know it ain't shit, but they'll get their money to the shit. I'm very confused. Right. Yeah, well, these movies, I'll just be honest. If somebody else made these movies and they had, like, white people or a Latino family, these movies would be on Lifetime on Sunday afternoon. Yes. That's, that's what they are. They would be straight to Lifetime movies. They would not be on in the theater, but because Tyler Perry puts his name on it, they know they can get some folks to go to the movies. Hey, let's make a real movie out of this. These, the same concept on Lifetime, rape, abuse, um, woman needs a man. Those, the same basic three concepts, pregnancy, those four concepts, core concepts on Lifetime are the same things from the movies. They just get Tyler Perry's name slapped on and they go to a movie theater. But these are Lifetime movies. Yes, they are. And not only that, one exception to that is that Fockers movie. That is complete bullshit. I think that's the white version of the Tyler Perry. <laughs> that shit is terrible. Well, but they keep coming out with it. Well, at least they uh, they know that those are comedies. That's yeah. true. Like, they're not even trying to pass that shit off as real. <laughs> okay, but I was like, it's terrible. Like, come see Robert De Niro try to be funny, you know? Um, Alright, so let's do some more random thoughts, because, you know, Kyle got sidetracked on Tyler Perry. <laughs> um... <laughs> So what if Eve, you know, in the Bible, you know, because it's Easter. Okay. What if Eve was just the first female comedian? You know, because I always say women are hard. They get a hard time when it comes to this comedy shit. Um, Like, isn't it kind of a funny prank that she gave Adam the apple? <laughs> like, it's kind of like a jackass style prank. You know, like down there, there. Like if they would have put that guitar riff in there, mm-hmm. I really think it would have went over better, and we wouldn't have a whole religion based around making up for that one mistake. Wow! See if now Johnny Knoxville in the corner. Like, oh, he ate it! He ate it! <laughs> oh, he did it! Oh my God! Oh, you go to hell! Yeah. Oh yeah, we all gonna die now. Like God is a tough crowd. You Better know? put some clothes on. God, God is a pretty tough crowd, man. It's like, like oh, I, I, I can see him biting into the apple, and everybody goes, oh, now he realizes he naked. You're right. Oh. Down, down, down. Like, <laughs> oh, I need to get covered up. And then, and then like, because, like, the Salem witch trials, like, those could have just been funny women. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe she made a joke, and it was like, what woman? Burn her at the stake. I bet you so. <laughs> I bet that woman don't made me laugh. Yes. Off with her head. How dare she? I don't know why the chicken crossed the road. Burner, she's a witch. <laughs> um, I also, uh, somebody was telling us how they were the son of the man who peed on the chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it made. I was wondering, <laughs> you know, one of our listeners is actually the son of the, the pisser. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do you think we're gonna eventually have? Like someone who listens to our show who has killed someone. I hope not. I have to listen to it in jail right now. 
Yeah, we have a lot of like listeners, right? Yes. And then we have a lot of stories where we talk about murder and shit. Yeah. You think we're ever gonna meet somebody who's like, yeah, I know that dude. He killed that whole family. Wow. Yeah. We make a lot of inappropriate jokes, Karen. I don't know if you noticed. Yes. And on top of that, I, I think uh, uh, when our listeners went to die, they would be sure to uh, send us the article of them dying. They would tell their family and they will. Be sure you send this to the black guy who kept someone to go out in the blaze. <laughs> make them wait. Kill me with that samurai sword. Just make sure you get this in the rod and carry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was watching G.I. Joe today. It's the new G.I. Joe, not the old school one. Okay. Uh, it comes on like Hub. Yes, Hub. Yes, that's a good. They had that in Transformers, which is actually really good too. Now, Destro on the new GI Joe has an Irish accent or Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. He's black, and he's and he's white on the new one. Oh, like, like you can see his arms, and his arms are white. Oh, <laughs> right. So they they're driving it home like this nigga ain't black, right? I get it. But he has bling on his head. Right. How was the old Destro not black? That's the question I have. The one we grew up with, he had a black voice. Yes. He had the helmet bling, blinged out mask. Yeah. He was dating the blackest chick of the the G.I. Joes. Because if y'all don't notice, like, there's no black G.I. Joe women. Oh, no. I don't know if anybody knows. Not on the good side or the bad side. No, they don't, they, they don't exist. They, 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 they wrote us off in G.I. Joe. Right. They have too much attitude. They would have taken over one of the, yeah. one of the, the operations. Sides, yes. So oh. they... can't be dealing with that. So he dates the blackest of what's available. The dark hair, thick, mm. so thick. Glasses wearing, barren. And tight with black leather. Like she did not, like she definitely fucked with brothers. Like I could believe that when oh, I saw the, the cartoon. Oh, the with the funky haircut? Well, she has a funky haircut on a new one. No, no. Oh, okay. she just had long, dark black hair. That's true. She's a ravenous woman. Um, but, um... Like, I don't understand. And it also makes sense because he hit the glass ceiling. <laughs> There's no way. Like, he was so much more competent than fucking Cobra Commander. There is no way he should be second in command unless unless it's racism. That's the only way it can happen. Okay. Every time Cobra Commander got locked up, Destro had Cobra, had Cobra operating like a motherfucker. They was getting shit done. They was like, oh, man, we took over all the G.I. Joes. And then Cobra, Man, Cobra Commander would come back out of jail and fuck up everything again. Oh, They got free? How'd that happen? Uh, they would, he would always, like, Storm Shadow, one of them sellouts so would always go get Cobra. Sellouts. <laughs> and, and then Cobra Commander would come back and fuck up everything. He's like, oh, Destro, what are you working on? He's like, I'm working on a new nanotechnology that can destroy the G.I. Joe's uh, equipment and render it useless on the battlefield and forcing them to surrender. And he's like, fuck that shit. I want a viper that looks like me. I want to try to make a clone of me <laughs> that is better than me in every way, and then I'll make them work for me. And he's but, like, but we can end the battle with with this and, and, right. and rule the world. And, and he's like, that shit will not work, Cobra Commander, because if uh, <laughs> if he was actually better than you and he was stronger than you in every way, then we would probably all just start working for him, Cobra Commander. That's dumb. And Cobra Commander be like, fuck that, Destro. Do what I say. I'm the boss. <laughs> Next thing you know, they make it Serpentor. And Serpentor take his shit over. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I thought he was black. The Cobra Commander voice is the best part of this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my favorite part of the G.I. Joe movie, the cartoon movie, the, the one that counts, is yeah. when he says, what's a man? 
Awesome. <laughs> he turned into a snake. snake yes. yes. That is awesome. Oh. But yeah, that, I just know he was black. That's all I'm saying. It was such a letdown for black kids everywhere when they revealed that Cobra Commander was just some random ass white dude. I mean, Destro was some Scottish white dude. I was so let down, man. Oh. What's what's next? Panthro on Thundercats? <laughs> white dude. <laughs> Now he better, he better be black on the new one. The other thing too, I was thinking about when I was thinking about this GI Joe shit. Was there any GI Joe that made less sense than Alpine? The ski, he's the skier, right? <laughs> he's a nigga that likes to be in the Arctic. Yeah, that, that that's not right. That makes no fucking sense. No, you know black people don't like cold. <laughs> no, that makes no sense. That, first of all, his camouflage is ruined. Done. <laughs> He's not blending in with that snow. Sorry. Like, did he, was he just so anti against like stereotypes that he was like, send me to the Arctic, and everybody's like, what? Yes. Uh, <laughs> sure. He was so he was gonna have you out there in the jungle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's Where like, and you can run. Like he's looking at roadblock and shit. Like you can go out there and be one of them jungle monkeys if you want to. <laughs> I'm going to the Arctic, brother. And get me a snow bunny. <laughs> like I don't even want I don't even want this fried chicken. Y'all can eat the fried chicken if y'all want to, G.I. Joe's. I only like the breast. <laughs> I eat sushi. I don't like my fish fried. Like who what brother <laughs> would thrive on 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 doing missions in the Arctic? Aww. Like I guarantee every G.I. Joe that made it on the snow mission was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yes. You know? That's Alpine. Who? Right. I'm sorry. I don't know. Sorry, sir. Uh, it, it, you know what it'd be like, Rod? When you went to the gas station, that guy asked you for change. They go to meet Alpine, and they're like, no, no, no. We're waiting on a guy named Alpine. He's like, no, that's me. They're like, no, 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 stop. Just stay away. <laughs> yeah, a guy that's ready for the Arctic named Alpine. He's like, no, 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 that's me. No, right. it's not. Just wait. Yeah, well, actually, we're good, sir. We have enough. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing here. But uh, the jungle missions and the tropical shit, that, that's somewhere else. He had some of his birth certificate, his official badge. Yeah, like how many... Shit. They don't have to call that in. <laughs> like, how many times did he have to, did he have to do his authentication? <laughs> like, I'm Alpine, codename Alpine. No, we were told to expect uh, a marine and arctic specialist. Uh, uh, I don't think that's you, sir. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter, um, just... <laughs> There's a black guy here that's saying he is Alpine. Um, he copy. Yeah. Uh, maybe speak to Flint real quick. Flint. Uh, there is a black man in a ski mask and a wool outfit that claims to be the Arctic specialist. I don't know. Don't know if we need to get this approved or not. But we might have a double agent at yes. our hands. You think? You think he was always in the vehicles? Like, can we turn up the heat? <laughs> <laughs> can we turn it up in? Is the, the heat all the way on? Okay, can we turn it up a little more? Really? Are, you, are the windows all rolled up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't you go? Why don't you go? Why don't you go start the jeep? Uh, <laughs> go start it. We'll, Twenty minutes, then we get in. We'll be good to go, right? <laughs> like, hey, brother, can I borrow your jacket? <laughs> like, it's cold as shit up here. You got one on. Seriously. Got any long johns? <laughs> I like to see Roadblock have to do a mission with him. Like, nigga, it's cold. Cause you know they can actually. So 
They can say nigga to each other when the white people yeah. around. I know. Just them two only together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a nigga is so cold, I can put my iced tea out and it stays cold. It's cold out here. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, my favorite guy was Stalker. Yeah. Oh, I remember Stalker. Uh, I remember. Cold, cold-blooded. That was my favorite G.I. Joe. Really? Over Snake Eyes? That is a rare choice because everybody loves Snake Eyes. Stalker was a cold brother, man. He was... My parents bought me the 12-inch Stalker action figure with, like, the real felt hair, kung fu grip. He had all his backpack with all his gear. Man, I'm telling you, Stalker was a G. Yeah, I agree, man. I I used to love the Joes growing up, especially the movie. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, the, 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 that G.I. Joe movie was the truth, man. But, yeah, I, uh, my favorite G.I. Joe, of course, is Snake Eyes. I mean... Yeah, Snake Eyes was the coolest G.I. Joe. Yeah, it's, it's almost not fair to count him as G.I. Joe because he didn't talk to nobody or do anything they wanted him to do. Like, I don't know how many of them comics people read, but Snake Eyes stayed on his own shit. They'd be like, Snake Eyes, I want you to go out there in the field and do such and such. And Snake Eyes would be like, yeah, all right, white man. And then he would just do, yeah, he's like, I'm going to do the shit that I do as a ninja and you do the shit that you do as a regular ass white That's man. That's right. And he was, you know, <laughs> No, Snake Eyes was—he's the Wolverine of GI Joe. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's the Wolverine of GI Joe. Wolverine did the same thing. Wolverine, we're gonna do. Uh, basically, we need you to stick with the team, and we're gonna go. Obviously, we're gonna kill the Sentinels first. Then we gotta make sure we take care of Sabretooth and all those other. Um, yeah, you guys go do that. I'm gonna drop off over here. I'm gonna kill everybody, and then I will meet you guys at Sabretooth, and then I'll probably kill him too. So, right. You guys do whatever you gonna do, Cyclops. Right, Storm, like Storm Shadow uh, and Snake Eyes were just taking care of each other. Yeah. Like it would be like, hey, we got this big ass elaborate plan and this mission, and it's like, look, man, are any of y'all gonna be able to beat up Storm Shadow this time? No. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> you guys do the shit you always do, and we'll meet up at the end. Yes. Oh, uh, the other thing, uh, too, man. Uh, another random thought. Um, you're not officially a nerd. Like, like as a kid growing up, you're not officially a nerd until you accept the friendship of somebody on Facebook that used to beat you up. So if you haven't done that, then I don't want to hear about. Oh, I was a big nerd growing up. Nerd has become too cool. Cool people want to say they were nerds, and I know that shit ain't true. Everybody was a nerd growing up. No, there were bullies out there. I'm gonna be honest. I have. I did not get beat up until I got to college, and that's because those people were way bigger than me, and they played football. I had, I did not get beat up. I beat people up when I was elementary school. I was the biggest sixth grader of all time. I was like five foot ten. I was humongous. Good God! See, so you're like my nemesis on this podcast <laughs> right now, and that's the thing. Like, I got I got a, a, a friendship request from somebody who used to beat me up in high school. I was like, hey, hey, that's hey, sir, <laughs> sir. I don't know if you remember, but you, you tried to steal my Walkman. I don't know. We should be, we can be cool right now. I was just trying to listen to my Fresh Prince tape, and, and I had to defend that shit with my life that day. I kept the tape, but I took an ass whooping. Now you want to be friends on Facebook? That, that does not feel right. That is not right at all. No, I that that takes some that takes a little bit of balls. The idea, yeah, you remember? Just so you, that's like I got mind control over you, Rod. Like. Yeah. When I used to whip your ass, accept this friend request. Yeah. Like, what if he would have seen me in real life after I declined a friend request and was like, you yeah, declined you accept my friend request. Yeah. What's up, son? I know. You know what well, I'm saying? What was you listening to? Parents just don't understand why he's whooping your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 took, I took the uh, I took the headset off. 
and put it in my I put it in my book bag and I turned my book bag around so that it was on my front. Mm-hmm. And then I just covered it with both my arms and took that ass whooping like a champ. <laughs> I was like Rocky and Apollo Creed, dog. Except I was throwing no punches. It was like all that all the rounds from like one to ten in that Rocky and Apollo Creed fight. Uh-huh. That was me just taking ass whooping. I was like, oh. <laughs> You know, so I took that ass with him, but yeah, he requested me to be friends on Facebook, man. It was crazy. Wow. Man, what is what is that what is that like, Rock? I gotta ask, what is that like in high school? Getting beat up? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you know, honestly, man, more people need to get beat up because it's not the end of the fucking world. No. Like not- too many of these little punk ass kids that shoot people and shit yeah. need to learn to take an ass whooping. First of all, taking an ass whooping is one of the more manlier things you can do in life. Like, people always, I, I actually hate when I talk to somebody and they tell me, like, man, yeah, I got in a lot of fights, but I never lost one. I won you the liar. Or I can't relate to you as a person. It's harder right. for us to relate because you should take an ass woman from somebody yeah. on the way up. It's, it's, it makes you feel alive, honestly. I'm not saying <laughs> that you need to take a lot of them. I didn't take a lot of ass women. I, I won some fights. I lost some fights. But you, if you never lost a fight, it's hard to really respect you because I don't know what you would do in life if things didn't go your way. Not only that, the, the thing about ass whoopings, ass whoopings, you can put like this, even on Twitter in real life, even at your job, you can tell people who didn't get their ass whooped because they are really quick to cut a fool in public. Right. People that got their ass whooped would think twice because they were like, shit, I might have to fight you. Right. Like, like, like that, that second of, I might have to fight you and I'm not 12 no more. I'm 35, so I might break a bone. Like, that shit will sink in a little quicker yeah. and you won't be showing sure the ass. I can't kick it with somebody that has never lost a fight. I, I really can't. And the reason I normally can't kick it with them is because their expectations of life are so much different than everybody else. Because yeah. like you, you know, you're at the bar with your boys. I know Mike. You, you know, you go to the bar and shit with your fe- with your fat with your friends. Yes, I you're, do. You're at the bar with your boys, right? And say some dude is eyeballing y'all. He's giving you a stink eye. Yeah. Now, part of you is like, man, we should go over there and whoop his fucking ass. And I, everybody has that part of them. Yeah. But the part of you that has lost a fight or two is like. Man, if this nigga pulls a gun on us, or yeah. he has ten other dudes in here that we don't know, <laughs> like you know, there's part of you that plans for that, for that, that, that too. That's right. And that's the part of you that keeps you from doing ratchet shit, shit. all the time. All the- See, and now here's the problem. You remember how we always talk about when we listen to the Morning Jones with Bomani? They talk about football players. Mm-hmm. See, I that's the problem I have is I don't care. Yeah. I will fight. I, let's go. I don't care. Let's do it. But even still, like, as a dude that has, I mean, I don't know if you've ever lost a fight, but you say oh, you did it God. in college or something, right? I got, I, we were in a, we were in a club in Chapel Hill, and this dude, I'm the smallest one. Out of all my friends, I'm the smallest one. I'm 5'10", at this point I was 5'10", about 220. Right. This dude tries to walk, we're standing there talking in a circle, we just won a big game. This guy tries to walk through me, and I was like, yo man, just go around, you know, no big deal, partner. He goes, yo man, just get out of the way. I was like, yo, little buddy, just, you know, go around. He goes around, he points at his boy. I'm walking out of the club, you know, at two o'clock, and all I see is this blur of fist punch me in the mouth. And my lip instantly just swole up. I was he tried to push me down. I got in some good shots, but he I mean the kid worked me a little bit. He punched me in the face, lip all swollen. I gotta go visit my girlfriend next week with a busted lip. It looked all bad. And he, he he got me. He gave me the work. And then obviously in football, a couple of kids gave me the work because when I got to school, I only weighed 180 pounds. Right. 
it's way easy to get the work from a guy that is a fifth-year senior that weighs 225 and has been working out for the last, you know, five and a half right. years. So I understand getting my butt kicked, but good. Like, I, the problem is that there's this weird switch, and we talk about, like, I think every most football players have that switch of, I'm going to, oh, we're going to fight? Well, I'm going to start this fight now. Let's get this. Let's do it. So every time we, when I go out and my friends, like I said, I'm the smallest one. And most of my friends, 6'3", 6'2", they're big dudes. And they, they fight quick. I got, they, they're ready to, and we're, we're 26. So obviously we can't be fighting all the time. That's how you go to jail. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, then, but it's a switch. And I, I be honest, every time I got beat up, I've been jumped, you know, one time. That was probably my own fault, being a smart ass. Right. But, Every time we go out, I just in my head I'm just thinking, let's just hope we don't get in a fight tonight. Hopefully we hopefully there'll be enough girls here that we won't have to fight. Right, and now see, this is the point I wanted to make. My thing isn't that you can never fight as a grown man. I actually just kept one of my friends from fighting yesterday. But yes. the the thing is, I need you to have lost a fight so that you weigh the consequences of his <laughs> fucking actions. Yeah. I'm tired of going out with people that don't know the fucking consequences of their actions. I'm okay, like, cause there's some shit that's worth fighting about. There's, you know, don't be a coward. There's some things in life where you're like, you know what? I have to whoop this dude's ass or take an ass whooping because it's the principle of the shit. Yeah. But I can't be with a dude that's like, yo, man, this dude stepped on my shoe. Let's go beat him up. Fuck you. Yeah, no. Fuck you. I'm not catching a case or going to work with a black eye because your shoe got stepped on, bitch. Have you ever lost a fight? If you've lost a fight, that shit won't even cross your mind. You go, yeah, my shoe got stepped on, and I'm pretty upset about wearing my white Nikes to the club. That's what you will say to yourself. Yes. That was your own fault. You should have worn the black shoes. Like right. That's right. Exactly. And, and I guess for me, being a woman, because I'm such a punk, I got all, I got my ass whooped from my mama. So my mama whooped my ass, so I didn't fight nobody else. Right. Cause you know she scared me all by herself. Yeah, the rules are kind of different for women. Y'all ain't really gotta fight as often as dudes. Like dudes, for some reason, man, it's just like you gonna fight me. Yeah, it's like you can't avoid them fights. <laughs> like I don't, like I don't know where. Like, like some of these people, they tell you like, well, why don't you just talk to them? Like, where did you grow up? Yes, the place I grew up was sometimes you gotta fight. And that's yeah. the only way it's going away. Uh, you gotta you, well, girls fight. Like I said, man, the girl I used to date, she got into a fight. That was. A mess. Yeah, I was just saying it's not as often. I don't want to say <laughs> like it don't happen. You know what I'm saying? It definitely does happen. It's just not as often, man. And um, I actually, you know, we we gotta uh, do some articles now. I, I'll save some other uh, some other random thoughts for later because you know we we kind of uh, exhausted those uh, <laughs> by talking about Tyler Perry for about oh, thirty minutes. <laughs> oh, but he is so worth talking about. You know? Oh my gosh. Um, alright, man, so we brought Mike on the show specifically, you know, because he writes the show all the time, where, you know, and, and he's a big supporter, a big fan, and I interact with him on Twitter, but fortuitously, I guess you could say fortuitously, <laughs> some crazy shit happened in a crazy relationship, and Mike always writes about how he deals with a crazy ass woman. Yes. Self. Dealt. dealt with. Okay, I'm sorry. Dealt, dealt with. How how long ago was it since the last time you dealt with this crazy woman? Dealt with. Five months, six months maybe. Okay, so I'm gonna say deals with. Because <laughs> crazy does not just go away like regular women. Like mm-hmm. I believe it when crazy is stalking somebody else. Like is she already stalking some other dude? 
No, she talked to me this weekend. Actually. Exactly. You deal, you deal <laughs> you know with crazy. Her. Yeah. Crazy decides when it's over. Like people always think they decide. Oh no, man! I don't even fuck with that chick no more. No, man. It's two way street. Does she fuck with you? Because in her head, y'all together or some sort. Or in her head, <laughs> she's she on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Right. She you decides ask, when you yeah, are you, done. You ask her. You know, y'all having lunch at uh, McDonald's was a date. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying, like people don't think about that, but you have to cut crazy she, completely she, off. She's like, she's like, he was, but he responded to my text message. That's right. So we together. Yes. <laughs> he still cares. Oh man, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> but, um, so, 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 so Brandon Marshall got stabbed. And is released from ICU, so he was in intensive care. Wow. Uh, Miami, Miami Dolphins wide receiver and UFC alumnus. Brandon Marshall was stabbed late Friday night, according to ESPN.com reports. Marshall, a two-time pro bowler, was treated at the intensive care unit at Broward General Hospital, where he underwent abdominal surgery and should recover within two to three weeks. Now, keep in mind, two to three weeks, that's a legitimate stabbing. Yeah, that's real stabbing. You are stabbed. They gone through the muscle, probably got in there, something good, stomach, gallbladder, something in there. They got some of that. Yeah, because that's abdominal surgery. Like, he had surgery and two to three weeks recovery time. And, and like, so if people try to brush it off, like, he probably got cut. No, he got fucking stabbed. Uh, according to a tweet by Marshall's publicist, Denise White, Marshall was released Saturday afternoon. He has been released from the hospital and is expected to make a full recovery, White said. ESPN.com is reporting that his release was against the wishes of doctors, but Marshall felt well enough to leave. Uh, oh, damn. That's another telltale sign. Oh, so they told him you need to stay? Yeah, he said, I- I'm good enough. I'm leaving. Word. The future has also confirmed that Marshall's wife, Mishi Nogami Marshall, 26, has been charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon in relation to the stabbing. No- Nogami Marshall was released on $7,500 bond Saturday afternoon. The wife of the former UFC great stabbed him in the abdomen once in self-defense, according to a police report. Now, a lot of people don't know, but um, Brendan Marshall's had a, a history of um, domestic incidents, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I think it was a couple years ago he said he fell into a TV. He slipped on the uh, McDonald's bag and fell through the television, yes. Yeah. Damn. And it was and he had to miss some time, not like not yeah. full season time. Camp. I think it was camp time. Damn, but yeah, um, miss camp. Did he have on silk socks when he hit that McDonald's bag? <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst. It was one of the worst excuses I've ever heard. Right, and then uh, another time he had an uh, argument in public with his, I guess now ex fiance, uh, where they were saying that it got a little physical, and uh, police were called and shit like that. So he's had a history of um, crazy relationships. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> now, what I found funny about this was I woke up Saturday morning to hear the news about this, and it was on Twitter, of course. And people were picking sides, mm-hmm. and I think it's way too early in the game to pick sides of what happened because we really don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been accused of doing per- perpetrating domestic violence. And he's been uh, accused of ha- being domestically uh, assaulted. Yes. And in some cases, he has tried to downplay what happened twice. Yes. And the chick has downplayed what happened in the other case. 
even though they did go on real sports and she told everybody like if somebody else dates him they are crazy which, <laughs> which I mean kind of bears fruit but um, what do you think about this man as a former person that has had actual incidents with Cray Cray in the crib what 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 exactly uh, what did you what was your take on this this uh, controversy man I just I look at it and he he loves the he loves the drama is what it seems like to me not the and I, we were talking to somebody I think on Twitter I don't think he likes the actual physical violence of it all I think it's the that that's how he can tell that somebody's in, that, that they're, there's things are going okay for them that they still care about each other they fight and obviously whether it's self defense or not you can't stab people I mean that's right. just you don't stab people that's not what you do and so she obviously she didn't stab him to get it you stab someone in the abdomen unless they are choking you or you know they got you in a headlock that's all you can get to obviously you have a knife you can stab him otherwise he'd have you know I watch a lot of Law and Order if you can't tell he would have <laughs> he would have a lot of defense wounds on his hands from her trying to keep him off of him you know what I'm saying she might have you know skin underneath her fingernails but obviously it's like she just stabbed him like yeah bitch yeah right in the, right in the abdomen <laughs> you can't do that. Just not, you can't do that. Now, one thing I will say, uh, because I, like I said, I, I've noticed this trend. People tend to put themselves in the situation and think, what would make me stab someone or what would make someone stab me? And I want to say, when you're dealing with two crazy motherfuckers, we would never be in these situations nope. in general, most of us. Nope. So, so, so that's part of it, right? Yes. Like most of us would probably be like, "Why is she grabbing that knife?" And that would be the end of it. Like, yeah. I gotta go. That's right. But now, now he may be a little more the cray cray because this has been a trend with him. And with it just being, if it's just one stab wound, it could be self defense because you know normally when you're getting attacked, that's when you get like multiple stab wounds and. Multiple oh, hatred or yeah. something like that. Cause crazy, yeah. yeah, like crazy people, especially with a knife, would like a lot of times police will tell you like they stabbed this motherfucker twenty seven times. This is a crime of passion. Yes, you know what I'm saying. As opposed to you got stabbed in the gut, that might have been a hey, get off of me stab. I don't know, but it just seemed funny because everyone was assuming so much. I don't know these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. No. You know, I don't know why they, this happened. I just know that he has a history of dealing with cray cray. Mm-hmm. And whether whether it's <laughs> Say that again, Michael. He, he deals with it. You know? Yeah, that's his thing. He thinks this is love. Like he watches Baby Boy like a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is how it should happen. Yes, of course you. Of course you want to get her pregnant after you just choked her. That Obviously. makes sense. That's <laughs> but I just think it's funny, man. I I watch so many women and dudes get upset because I really feel like people were defending their own personal history. Like mm-hmm. I've dealt with the crazy woman. Trust me, this dude's in the right. And then I saw women that were like, I dealt with the crazy man. Trust me, this chick probably should have stabbed him. You know, so I just wonder, I will see more. I don't want to, like, give my opinion on the story, really, because I don't feel like enough details been out. All I know, the one detail I'm paying attention to is he did not want the police to be involved. Yes, yes, it says the police reports also indicate that Marshall initially told police he slipped and fell onto a broken glass vase, but the police found no blood or evidence to support that statement and said Marshall and his wife were uncooperative. Something is wrong with yes, that statement. Like either you're being abused and you're trying to cover it up, yeah. or or you are doing something wrong 
and you don't want the police to look further into what, what was happening. You're like, hey, hey, hey that's, that's fine. And my Enough thing, evidence, police. And stop. my thing is this. <laughs> Normal, functioning people, when the police show, they're going to tell the story. Like, right. they ain't going to be uncooperative with the person that's supposed to put your ass in jail for fucking stabbing me. Right, yeah. Normally, when you get stabbed, you kind of work with the cops. Yes. <laughs> this part, I don't understand. Y'all both are insane. So, but, 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 yes, but, right, but, you have real experience, break it down. But, well, I'm just going to say, one, he probably, you know, listen, hey, that's his wife, you don't want nobody to get in trouble, we saw the same thing happen with Tiger Woods, got busted in the head with a golf club, hey, cops, nothing to see here, sorry cops, he had to go get his, got his teeth fixed, face all messed, face fixed, then he answered their questions, so I don't, I'm not going to say it's 100% crazy that they don't want the cops to deal with that, I think he kind of wants to deal with it, but, this at least is like at least like around sixty five percent of craziness. Okay. Now allow me to blow your mind, Mike. <laughs> Tiger Woods just didn't want them to dig and find out about the bitches, man. This is true. See what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason. Brandon Marshall not stupid. There's a reason he don't want the cops to look into it. I don't want to say it's because he was doing something. Maybe he literally is just like, look, I love my woman. She had a cray cray moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We do this a lot, and we try to keep it in the, in the crib, so please don't tell anybody to stab me. It could be any reason in the world that he deems worthy of not telling the cops. I'm not trying to just say it's because he's abused or whatever, or or it's because he was beating her up. I'm just saying in general, I I think that not telling the cops is a sign that something's going on. Yeah, it's something that, that, that you or her or you both don't want in the public eye. Whatever, yeah. whatever. Well, now, see, she is. told, which was funny to me, because she was like, "Oh, I stabbed him in self-defense." Like she was not fucking around. She's like, "Oh, I stabbed him, yes." Mm-hmm. And it was in self-defense. Absolutely, go check the blood splatter. But she's yeah, saying that this now. This is the knife I used. He got definitely got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, she, no. <laughs> she said that when the cops arrived on the scene, so she was not fucking around. He was like, "No, it's not that." She's like, "Yes, it is." Alright, man. Um, <laughs> and, and, and there's a difference between a knife iron and a stab. Right. You know, well, they I'm both hurt now. They both hurt. I'm surprised Karen didn't make any uh, karate jokes since her name sounded a little bit uh, uh, Asian, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, let's not encourage Karen Francis. The next story uh, 3D Sex and Zen. Extreme Ecstasy beats opening day box office records set by Avatar. Oh, this did not. This was. This couldn't have been released in America. A pioneering, pioneering 3D up five and drinking uh, rum and coke. A pioneering 3D erotica comedy has taken the Hong Kong box office by storm. Yeah. Wow. Even after the, even after the hurricane and the tsunami. That was it. Oh my bad. Okay. Oh, today, Come on. Oh my bad. I'm sorry. They all looking like the can. Uh, next up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop the world. Cantonese language production 3D Sex and Zen Extreme Ecstasy has earned 17 million Hong Kong dollars, uh, which is 2.2 million dollars, as of Tuesday since opening last week, according to figures provided by producer Stephen Shiu. Uh, that's nearly seven times the total take so far of the Hollywood thriller thriller screen. Which has earned uh, $320,000. Sex and Zen, a remake of a 1991 Hong Kong movie by the same name, features full nudity and camouflage lovemaking scenes, but does not show actual sexual intercourse. Hmm. 
this is like basically this is like Showtime Cinemax porn, yeah. yeah. The movie, which stars Japanese porn stars Hara Saori and Sui Yakuki, oh uh, yeah, Yukiko, mm-hmm. and Hong Kong actress Bonnie Liu, tells the story of a sexually frustrated scholar in ancient China who loses himself in the harem of a duke he befriends. The film <laughs> brought duke he befriends. Wow. The film brought. $360,000 U.S. on its opening day last Thursday, eclipsing the previous first day record set by James Cameron's 2009 3D sci-fi epic Avatar, which earned $340,000 on its first day. So these people are into their porn. Yes, they are. Yes. You know, you know, and a lot of the, a lot of their women are very, very skinny in their porn. Like I've seen them hanging in closets where you like, oh, excuse me, bitch, and just push her with your clothes and all that stuff. Wow. Hanging in closets? What? You got some freaky stuff. <laughs> what is that? I've never seen that. And I watch. I'm a porn connoisseur. What kind of stuff you've been watching? Hanging in the closet. Yes. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Oh my goodness. What kind of David Carradine porn are you watching, Karen? I've seen the porn. They were hanging in the closet, just push them aside and hang your coat up. You ain't got no more hanging. Just put it on the girl. These are real people or cartoons? No, real people. Alright, well, uh, that is, I don't know what site you found that on. (laughs) Don't go back there. Yeah. I will not. I think you've been watching snuff films. (laughs) Um, Anyway, next article. Speaking of sex. Sex toy party ends in drunken brawl. Wow. Yes, that's right. Wow. Alcohol and diddles don't go hand in hand, I see. (laughs) A wild drunken birthday party including a sex toy demonstration and punch up that ended at a as a with a victim walking away the next day in a vacant lot with a broken jaw. Damn. G. Long Magistrate's Court was told the victim's attacker, Luke Sheely, attended G. Long Hospital accident and emergency after the fight, where he was found to have a blood alcohol level of 0.280%. That is high. Oh, how is he alive? That is, well, you, I mean, he, that's, he can be alive, but that's, that's really high. Like, obviously, he, he drank a lot. 30% of his blood was alcohol. How was this nigga living? Winning. He was he was sheeny. Well, that was years of tolerance, boy. <laughs> it's about that sheeny life. Listen, you sometimes you gotta try, you know. Yeah. You never know your limits unless you push them. <laughs> wow. So Shelly, who's thirty-two, um, pleaded guilty yesterday to a charge of recklessly causing serious injury. Uh, Shelly offending, uh, Shelly's offending also breached a community-based order and suspended jail sentence he received in 2009 over a drunk driving collision. Oh, you don't say. He's had a run-in before. So he drinks. This is not his first time drinking. Yeah, no, of course not. As the party progressed, a woman gave a demonstration of sex toys and women's lingerie while people continued drinking. Okay, okay. You hired a stripper who used a dildo on herself. Yes, tell the truth. Not no. a sex party at all. No. <laughs> I was thinking it was a bunch of ladies Women. that were middle aged and, and pulled out vibrators to show each other how, how it's done or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. selling sex toys, literally. Like in um what is it called? Old uh, school. Old school, yeah, just like in old school. Yeah, they made it sound like that. This was not a sex toy party at all. This was a stripper performing on herself. And then some fights broke out because there weren't enough women around. Yep, that's what happened. There was one woman. 
Yes, right. man-woman ratio has got to be even. That reduces fights. At the completion of the demonstration, the majority of the party went back to the back patio where Shelly overheard another male ridiculing a younger man. <laughs> so, oh, so now he's Nicolas Cage at the beginning of Con Air. He's like, I'm doing it for somebody else's honor. Yeah, it's not because I'm drunk and want to fight. Because <laughs> they were picking on a guy, and I, I don't like that. I'm, I'm for the downtrodden and the weak. I'm a superhero. Just so you, and just so you know, I, I'm, I have to do this. Right. I have to. So he got to fight. What an idiot. Um. I, so FBI bank robbery suspect. This, this dude got caught. You know what I'm saying? You catch everybody. You all. You going to jail? You rob a bank? Do you not? Do these people not read the signs inside the jail, inside the bank? Okay. Let me tell you how they caught money. Let me tell you how they caught this dude. The suspects bragged on Facebook. People are idiots. Four people, four people have been accused of robbing a bank after they bragged about it on Facebook. The International Bank of Commerce, and they give the address, was robbed about 5.45 p.m. on March 23rd. FBI agents said the robbery was an inside job. Investigators said tellers is Stephanie Martinez and Anna Rivera enlisted a boyfriend and a brother to pull off the heights. Uh, Detectives said Ricky Gonzalez and Arturo Solano walked into the bank, took two tellers into the vault, and walked out with more than $62,000. Damn. That's it. I'm sorry, but if you're going to rob a bank, get a lot of money that you don't have to keep working. You know? Is is that crazy for me to think? No. I've already said, which I don't (laughs) plan on doing this, but if I ever rob a bank, I'm going to have enough money where I could change my face, the color of my skin, (laughs) cut off my nose. You don't like like being black? No, no, it's not that. If I'm going to take these folks' money and I know I'm going to run for the rest of my life, you're not going to be able to find me. Right. I'm just gonna dig up like, damn, what happened to Karen? She was here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, they made a clean getaway, but then they started bragging about it, investigators said. Oh investigators said the day after the robbery, Martinez's boyfriend. Now think about this. On Facebook, you're in a relationship. Yes. Of course they're investigating the person who got robbed, the teller who got robbed, and her Facebook page. And, uh, he posted on his Facebook page, you have to pass the line sometimes. Get this money. Oh yes, this is this guy. Obviously, is a genius. Um, I don't know why he's not running for president at some point because his brain it just works on another level. <laughs> uh, this guy, I, mean, I don't understand. First of all, they stole sixty-two thousand dollars. Right. Um, that's like that's like half of the half of the income on an upper middle class family. Like that's 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 a little bit that's a little bit less than half of that income. For, you know. Yeah. So that what is he going to do? He's going to not work for one year. <laughs> come back and have to do it again. This is, that, this is stupid. Is that you the go next- to rob a bank, take more money. That way you can at least go somewhere. Yeah. Right. You don't have to get hassled. It says the next day he responded, "I'm rich, bitch," oh. on his Facebook status. And um, I love that. And you gotta love these douches who respond to their own Facebook status. By the way, um. <laughs> Federal a- <laughs> 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 federal agent said Martinez and two others quickly confessed, and uh, his attorney expects her to uh, enter a plea. I've never seen anyone post a crime on Facebook, according to Richard Richard Kuniaski. Um, matter of fact, I've been told never post your drinking 
not to post your pot smoking because prospective employees look at it, employers look at it. But it's never dawned on me to warn somebody not to post your bank robbery on there. Idiot. This guy would never make it into town. Ever. <laughs> so, he never would make it. So if you've been listening to this show, then you know we talk about Eddie Long every once in a while. Oh yeah, he calls into the show every now and then. Yeah. So Eddie Long Eddie Long calls into the show. <laughs> yeah, he's left a couple messages. They were not for me. They were completely for Rod. I, I, I don't know I why. I take the plane ride. I was kicked off. Yeah. This, uh, so Eddie Long finally closed his suit with the boys. Or oh, he's looking to close his suit. Yeah, he never uh, He's trying to get settled. It's always open. No, it's, yeah, the front, the front of the suit specifically stays yes. open. Um, he's trying, but he's trying to close it, and uh, I, you know, I'm not reading this whole article, but just, you know, letting you guys know that he is trying to uh, pay the boys off, and we're gonna see see who takes it, and he did it just in time to give his Easter Sunday speech. Isn't you know, that? He did. That's what it's all about, you know. <laughs> just the biggest share you get out. He just gotta, he's gotta, he gotta get out there for his people, you know. <laughs> That's what Jesus would have wanted. That's what he wants him to do is talk to his people. He touched boys and then talk to his people. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, um, so this is, uh, we're going to close it up with this one because, like I said, we went on kind of long today, but fuck it, I had a good time. Um, <laughs> we uh, we we had my man, Lil B, who I've been talk- yes. talking bad about for a couple weeks now. And he, you know, he titled his album, I'm Gay. Mm-hmm. And so a couple rappers came out to talk about their feeling about the album I'm Gay. Mm-hmm. Those rappers would be Young Boy and Soldier Boy Teller. Oh, obviously this is some deep thoughts type type shit. Next, this is some next level shit right here. Okay, so it's not just Soldier Boy, Soldier Boy Teller now. It's yeah, it's always been Soldier Boy Teller. It's Young Bird. Oh. <clears throat> so Young <clears throat> Young Bird says a lot of people are scared to do that. I think that little B stands for what a lot of people are scared of. They're scared of somebody with a voice and an opinion that really doesn't give a fuck about what somebody else thinks about them. With the whole I'm gay situation, I understand it 100%. People give too much power to words, so if he jumps out there and it's it's a positive thing to say... Yo, I'm gay. We're gonna take the definition away from the word and unify it to all people. Then I'm with that, and that's some next level shit right there. Oh my god. Well, first of all, I agree with this guy. Um, that little B. Um, we are scared of him. We we're scared. He says a lot. We're scared of. We we're scared of just the. the he's a moron. Yeah, I'm scared of nonsense. I'm scared. I'm gonna catch his disease. <laughs> I don't think you could catch it that way. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I'm safe for right now. Can stupidity, is stupidity a communicable disease? I hope not. Can I I catch it a little bit? You get an ear infection. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how contagious it is. But this is unbelievable. Please tell. Oh, by the way, speaking of Soldier Boy, tell him. Yeah. I swear to you, I, I didn't tell two months ago maybe when my little brother was in town I did not know that it was Soldier Boy tell him I thought he said Soldier Boy Tony <laughs> I just figured that his name was Tony and he says Soldier Boy Tony I, that's what I thought the whole time at least you better than me I've always thought his name was Soldier Boy that's it just Soldier Boy yeah. I didn't realize tell him so, so Youngberg is a nigga that gets his chain stolen about once a week 
and, oh. yeah so like that like first of all he's a nobody when it comes to this rap thing he's more famous for getting his song taken than any song he's ever made wow i mean i'm sorry getting his chain taken i'm sorry oh, getting his, yeah if you google Youngberg chain and i guarantee you'll get more than you want to know about this nigga now young bird or berg berg like iceberg oh i got it oh, he's, um, this guy's a, he's a winner like the lettuce um wow. <laughs> so this nigga uh, compla- claims to completely 100% understand where so where Lil B is coming from. Now, How can he when Lil B don't even understand where he's coming yeah, from? Yeah, Lil B can't talk in complete sentences. No, Why are we can. pretending like he can understand when he raps? Now, Soldier Boy says, "I flew the fuck out my seat, bro." <laughs> <laughs> when he was asked about the, his initial reaction to the title. Uh, then you know what I did? I really thought back to what he said. He said, bro, I'm gonna be a human sacrifice. I'm gonna be the first rapper to do this shit. I'm gonna show people that words don't mean nothing. When the first time somebody picked up, picked on me in school or picked on somebody else in school, like you're gay and you're a bitch, you know what I'm going to say to flip this shit and I'm gonna call myself a bitch and call myself gay and I'm still gonna get money. And that's real. I support in everything. Oh my god. Let me tell you something. Who put a mic in his face? Okay, wait, wait, first, wait. First of all, either one of these niggas are deep thinkers. But but let me just throw this out there and say <laughs> say this though. Um when he says he's gonna be a human sacrifice <laughs> and and show people that words don't mean nothing, nigga, you have shown us that words don't mean nothing. Your entire rap catalog is a testament to the fact that words mean nothing to get a motherfucking famous. You don't even have to know what they mean at this no. point. You just put them all together in some pseudo sentences, put them all together, make sure they rhyme at the end, say anything, make up a dance to go with it, boom, put that on wax, you're good to go. Yes. Like you're, what you're not you're not giving us any type of revelation when you say words don't he gonna show us words don't mean nothing. Nigga, you rap like it's haiku. We know the words don't mean nothing. You you just stringing them together. It's like a mad lib of rap. You just that fucking great. write you just write random shit and fill it into a verse and go, Ain't this hot? No, it's not hot. You're terrible. You're oh, terrible. I just, Googled, you I just Google young bird, Rod. See? He's got a Transformers chain? He had a Transformers chain. This thing is, I ain't gonna lie. This could be, take it, this might be Ratchet. That thing is on point. I wish I had that. Now, I would wear it around all day. I would wear it to my real job. I would wear it. (laughs) I would wear this Transformers chain. You better believe that. That thing is, that's hot. It would be your Twitter avatar. Yes, that's this thing is tight. And I well, if you it. ever see him in real life, you probably can take it. Yes, yes, yes. he's known no for letting the chain get gone. Um, like four foot eight. This guy is tiny. Let me throw one more thing out there because Talib Kweli had to comment on it, and people asked me, Rod, why don't you keep respecting these rappers like Fonte and these dudes that's working with Lil B and shit like that? Because they say shit like this immediately upon hearing the hubbub. I'm like, now that's a fucking social experiment if I ever heard one. Goodness. Quali said, look, I don't care who you sleep with at the end of the day. I don't care if Lil B's gay or not. It doesn't change my life in any way. But for him to name his album I'm Gay issues such a challenge to his fans. I'm not sure if it's brilliant or not. 
But what he did with that in one fell swoop was challenge every single bandwagon fan. Like, are you really down with me or not? And me as an artist, I have no choice but to respect that. Nigga, please. Wow. You have a choice. You get a choice. Everyone gets a choice. You can pick not to because it's stupid. He's not doing a social... Ex- I don't even think Lil B has the wherewithal mentally, the, the mental capacity to, to do a social experiment. No, he's not that bright. And these are his fans, man. Who are these people? They go to Tyler Perry movies. It's the only thing I can think of. They all hang out together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what y'all gonna do today? Well, we're gonna listen to I'm Gay by Lil B, go to the theater, check out this new Medea movie, then we're gonna get back in the car, talk about how good the movie was as we put Lil B on on the way home. Then we're gonna have a party, a uh, sex toy party with the one stripper, and listen to Lil B. <laughs> Ouch, my soul. Yeah. Uh, so people, he, he says here, Lil B to wrap it up, he says, People have been hitting me up like, I'm going to bash your head in, you faggot. I'm going to kill you. Look, said in an interview, I'm not going to stop and I'm not scared of anybody on earth. That's why I titled the album I'm Gay. And nobody going to stop me. I'm very gay, but I love women. So then why you got to say that part, bro? Anyway. You know, uh, you know what's happening right now, Rod, is he, he's he's setting himself up to be martyred. Yeah. He, he is. Because now people turning on him now now all of a sudden you gotta get sympathetic oh my god this guy's getting threatened people are threatening him and calling him faggot oh my goodness good up good for him on standing up for something where he believes this isn't fair because right. he is bad but now when i call him bad just like when you uh, were talking about tyler perry and you got lumped in with the homophobe yeah. now we can't call if we call him bad then like oh we know we know what you're doing. You don't like it because he called that album I'm exactly gay. and i didn't even know that kobe bryant listened to lil b Oh my god! <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? That don't have to do anything. Do 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 you think? You know, normally when they release a record, the title of the album is normally on the CD. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's gonna be like "I'm Gay, No Homo"? It's gonna be the, the title. <laughs> well, he, well, he put that, but I love women. That's, That's his what no I'm homo. Saying. And he says, he says, I'm not attracted to men in any way. I've never been attracted to a man in my life, but yes, I am gay. I'm so happy. I'm a gay heterosexual male so like this isn't really controversy at all like he's just putting this on a title because that's what he is he's, he's flash of a substance there's no substance to his message of i'm gay he's 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 clearly just saying like oh people gonna call me a faggot and the thing is dude those people might just hate you for being little b true they might just like they might not even care what the title of your shit is. They're just like, I hate you. Then they were gonna tell you that regardless of what you got. Yeah, that's the way it came out. Anyway. Yeah. If if his album was called Have Sex with Two Girls at One Time, that guy was still gonna call him a faggot. Right. That's true. <laughs> exactly. Say that again. I am definitely he could have he could title it, I am definitely not gay and it would be like, Yeah, okay, I'm still gonna call you this, bro. Just so you know, I can say it. Um, I'm gonna say it. So you call it whatever you want to call it. Just call it this, make it easier for me. But I'm gonna call you this no matter what. Yes, exactly. I dislike you so much. All right, man. Uh, I'm gonna blow up your YouTube comments. I'm gonna send you emails. I'm gonna make videos about you. I'm gonna use it all the time. But you call it whatever you want. You're just gonna make it easier for me if you call it. I'm gay. Right, right. Wait, what he didn't say is that that comment was made six months ago. <laughs> Alright man, so this has been another episode of the Black Out Test Podcast. Our hosts have been uh, our guests. Yes. Have been um <laughs> Bossy Igby, 
Yes. And uh, Michael Felder from InTheBleachers.net. Yeah. Um, Bossy, of course, you can find her. Go to bossyworld.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. You can find Mike by going to InTheBleachers.net. You can follow them on Twitter. She's at Bossy World Live. Mm-hmm. And he's in the ble- at InTheBleachers. Yes. All right. And uh, basically, man, thank you guys, you know, for listening. Uh, make sure you go to the website, theblackoutandtips.com. Check out the blackest NBA players of all time, or at least as I remember them. It's a six part series. I think I'm, I put up uh, part three today on our, our uh, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, don't forget, you can donate when you go there. There's recurring donations, there's one time donations. Make sure you guys are doing that. We appreciate people that donate to the show. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'm Say That Again. That is in D-A-T. Uh, you can call the show 704-557-0186. And you can email the show theblackouttips at gmail.com. We respond to all that stuff on sun, uh, Saturday mornings. And um, until next time, love you. Me too. Mwah. I was at a show backstage untying my shoes. Your friend from Wire and Rich Standing beside her with you An eagle told me don't do it My nice image would go up in fume The head without the ears hurt it So you end up in my room Texting me a hundred times Calling me a hundred Hope it is not you this time Damn, I gotta change my life Texting me, you're gonna die Call a psychiatric lie Friends and family should know I'm reporting this as a crime I bet you heard the song when you know I'm talking about I said I bet you heard the song when you know I'm talking about I bet you heard the song when you know I'm talking about I bet you heard the song when you know I'm talking about
It's not your reasoning that's wrong. It's that deep down everything is gone. The place is empty, no lights on. Instead, happiness should be.